Hello, you're listening to uh, Seven Cans Deep, uh, a fine podcast with four handsome boys educating you about four uh, very interesting topics. Uh, joining us today is... Well, howdy there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Waff Beater Wednesday. Oh, sorry, that's another podcast. Uh, well, I'm Sully. I'm drinking a fine can of Saint-Étienne. You know, along with a f- another fine selection of beers that I'll be getting through throughout the episode. Oh. Uh, you will be informed of every beer. Oh, everyone. Do- everyone. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. My name's Slim, and I have been drinking uh, bottles of brown bear, which is shit. I'm now, moving on, I'm now moving on to my peach snaps from Hauser Tradition. It is also shit. But I'll uh, do my best to get through it, and I'll be speaking to you about uh, the foul international jewellery. Oh, oh. <laughs> burying the lead there. Well, let's. I'm Tea Dog. I'm gonna be uh, drinking some fine Carlsberg, followed by some lovely Canadians, and I will be keeping the jewellery discussion to a minimum. Uh. I am. Um... I'm your co-host, uh, Big Al, currently reacting to the uh, horrific twitches coming out of Slim as he as he tries his pink schnapp, peach schnapps. It looks pretty foul, to be honest. Yeah, it, it actually does. It's like. dodgy little fucking glass jar. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's got like a weird little handle that's too small for him to actually use. A weird like decorative handle. Like, Who's the smell that actually? Have a sip. Have a little... Have a little sippy sippy. <laughs> Suspense. <laughs> the lips Dear smacking. listeners. That's not bad, eh? It's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking bad. Smacks the lips. It's... I've certainly had worse. Or I think we're all agreed that the peach snaps is fucking disgusting. <laughs> so, moving on. Moving on. Okay, so. Uh, oh, yeah, so what I'm drinking, I. I uh, I'm currently drinking some good Weiss beer. Um, where the fuck did I get this again? Somewhere. I got it somewhere and it, it's okay. But uh, for the majority of tonight, <laughs> It's like for cheap beer. <laughs> for the majority of tonight, I shall be having the finest premium Galahad. Or Galahad, as uh, rightful thinking people call it. What a fine drink. Fine drink indeed. Can't get better than it. It's... It's so perfectly fine. So pound for pound. So economical. So oh, efficient. Yeah. Seventy five cents a can. It's like what more do you want? Get you fucked. Stick in the freezer, it's good as any other beer. Truly you made the evolved choice. Oh yeah. It is superior to many you might write in about, dear listener. Definitely Heineken. If you dare fucking say it's worse than Heineken, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a guy that will only drink Heineken. You know an idiot. He will Sorry, only drink. He will only drink. Who the fuck is this? this we'll edit out his name. Oh, this is, uh, ben, like this is Ben Kavanagh, who is a lot, actually a lot more famous than us on YouTube. Has, has his own YouTube, ben, YouTube account. Ben Kavanagh. Who the fuck is that? Wuhan Ben. <laughs> oh, you're mad! <laughs> That's a great name, actually. Uh, what do you mean? Only he fucking... He exclusively stuck to oh, shoulders I, of vodka all throughout first year. Oh, well, maybe it's the only... Pint of beer. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure he won't turn down a shoulder of vodka. Oh, he'll go for it. 
Who do you want? Will we go into his story or is that a invasion of privacy? Hmm. Might be a bit, a bit of defamation. Uh, character assassination. Yeah. Like we wouldn't want to do that. It, is, it did ben. happen though, didn't it? Yeah. But Ben, Ben, yeah, Ben, is, happen, ben, yeah. ben is a good man. You know. Yeah. He, like, he, oh, there's no doubt there. If, if we're talking <laughs> about editing out names, we can't go into one of his stories. Hey, Wuhan Ben. I think all the YouTube knows his name. It's all good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, he was. Um, yeah, I'm sure we might have to edit this, but he was Ortiz like. Prime correspondent once the whole thing kicked off. Was he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's he was, he's working what the other Irishmen are in Wuhan? Yeah. Who would even heard the fuck for the fucking Wuhan yeah. when coronavirus happened? Like, yeah. He was working over there, is it? Hey, no, we can't mention coronavirus or else we'll get demonetized. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. like, there goes our demonetization, you know? How have we even managed to do the Jews yet? And already we're fucked. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so who's gonna who's gonna start today? It's, it's, it's I believe you. it was. I think I think silly. I think our plan was. Sorry, not Sully. 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 Oh yeah, Sully. Wait, do we call our names correctly in the we did, we, we did. We did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we did. Right. It'll take a bit of time for yeah. the pseudonyms to kick in, yeah. but that's okay. We want to protect ourselves from our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hear you. There are gonna be a lot of like dodgy cuts. Right. Okay. So I'll get started off. Yeah, you want I? Okay. So. I want to start to talk to you about the Boita Panza. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the Boita Panza? Okay, so as you all know, Panzer is German for tank. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Boita is basically kind of. Literal tra- translation is trophy. Right? Okay. So these are the captured tanks of World War II or the. The Great Patriotic War or the. Like, the Great. Bolshevik Jewish conspiracy. <laughs> or uh, we haven't even got to slim yet. Got to. <laughs> or the Great Emergency. To... The Great Emergency. Well, uh, I think, I think Great is like Potter. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a bit stronger. Like, no, just the emergency. The emergency. The emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there was a bit of rationing, we a bit of bombing. It was grand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically. So um, yeah, I just thought I was found it pretty interesting. You know, the uh, the fact that. Uh, the Germans pressed thousands of Allied tanks into service against their former owners. I didn't know that at all. Fucking oh, my God. Jesus. Do I have a story for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like drinks can. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's actually we'll start out. The fall of France, you know. Uh, um, Poland and Norway had a few tanks, but... Yeah. 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 They put up as valiant defences. Ah, uh, they actually did. Yeah, the, the old Polish tankettes, you know, spare in place. Was it like twenty million good hiding in a bush, you know, <laughs> waiting? <laughs> could they yeah. do anything, even to the early Panzers? Yeah, there was like, oh, there, there was this one particular ambush. This like this like Polish sergeant. He had three tankettes, you know, because okay. they're quite oh gosh, okay, <laughs> going up against like the German Panzers, you know. But then they were only kind of most of German pa- Panzers were fairly light tanks. Yeah. You know, in comparison to the the left last stages of the war. All right. So, um, this lad got lucky in that. So like, the like he took them completely by surprise. You know, they're rolling on the road along the road. Nice. Four German tanks. You know, one one commanded by a good uh, like. <laughs> like uh, I can't remember what actual title he had, but he was high up in the German nobility anyway. You know, fuck yeah, it's fuck yeah. You know, good lad. Like a, a baronet. Or yeah, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. So um, they just uh, they just 
wait till they got mad fucking close, you know. They just opened up on like the sides and the rear and everything, the poles, you know. Dermot's like, Jesus! Swerving off the road like, oh my god, where are they? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> there it is, we're, we're just laughing at the end, um, the audio recording and just seeing like the column of sound emerging on the yeah. screen the podcasting thing is new to us in case you hadn't realised <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, German tanks burst in flames you know it's like crew like you know just desperately trying to escape a fire of death um, it's like tumbling under the hatches you know um, sadly the German prince what, uh, yeah, burned to death oh. um, yeah but yeah they're going to say sadly he escaped <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh, Polish tankettes Pretty fucking right. good. Okay, but we haven't gotten into the Boita Panzer yet. Sorry, one query on the tankettes. Were they primarily used against infantry or were they used all, mostly on tanks? Oh. Like, were they picked like... They I, were kind of... They were like... They were, they were envisaged as... Yeah, really... Like, just really handy, fast little vehicles that were immune to infantry. So, I, yeah, so I guess kind of as infantry support, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Couldn't yeah. stand up in a... Straight up fighting as other tanks. No, not really. No. Okay. Sound pretty useful in the job, not? Yeah, like I know people using them, like you know. Yeah. Once you got to World War Two, they found they were absolutely fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> so they were quickly abandoned, right. you know. But yeah, handy little things to have in the right situation, you know. Not handy enough to be ever mass produced by any of the big fucking combatants in World War Two, no. though. God no, God no. That's a shame. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll get to the fall of France. Right? All right. So. French had, like, oh, overall, like, a pretty, like, superior tank force than the Germans, like, hmm. you know, like, just bigger tanks, a lot more of them, a lot more heavily armoured, bigger guns, you know. How could the Germans possibly have won, you know? <laughs> but they did. Um... Uh, oh god yeah we can get into the whole we can do another episode on like how France fucked up <laughs> but uh, downs can um, <laughs> but yeah um, so yeah after the fall of France the Germans found, found themselves in possession of a, a lot of French tanks you know unused only driven once no no god damn it no <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ The poor friend Better not to get Sully a little cushion That he can slam his fist On so long Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, The poor friend One of the Like most successful powers In, in Europe And then just Their reputation Irreparably fucked yeah, God damn it Jesus Hey until The next French dictator Just conquer the vast Swedes Hopefully soon Yeah cross. Take the throne of hegemony from the Germans. Yeah, from Merkel. Like, Merkel. Okay, time to start a nice uh, can of Hallen. Hallen? Hallen? Yeah. Uh, another bear. Bear beer. Yeah, you know? 7%. 7%. This'll fuck me. Um, right. What kind of beer is that? Sully. I have no idea. Jeez, As you said, there's no fucking... All the... <laughs> all the ingredients are in Russian, so... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Right. Jeez, uh, two hands when opening the can. Does it matter? It kind of does. No, it doesn't. Oh, just because I have big hands, you know? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Unfortunately, Sully is cursed with triplingly small hands. Just the fuck up, my hands are perfectly adequate. Clear. Yeah. 
quite pixie like. Yeah. Matches his uh, small diminutive feet as well. <laughs> My body parts are fine, okay? Some of them are four times the size. Fuck <laughs> we have we have it on good authority from an ex-girlfriend that he is uh, four times the yeah. size. Where it counts. This is in comparison to her boyfriend at the time. Who's renowned for his micropenis, which in fairness. Uh, oh. We should probably edit this out as well. Hey, no names here, no names. Okay. Um, anyway. That fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, right, anyway, okay, so, grand. Um, so the Germans, they, they found themselves in possession of a lot of old French tanks. Um, some of them pretty good, top of the line, char B1 bits, you know, pretty big, heavy tanks. Germans like, jeez, look at the size of these fucking things, you know. And then they had the, all, like, oh, they had, like, hundreds of, like, little, like, World War One like, FT tanks, you know, two-man tanks, you know, which were, like, they have no place in a modern battlefield. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, lads, you can put all, like, pictures of all these tanks, because this will be, like, absolutely meaningless. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. To anyone that doesn't know, like, a little bit about tanks. Yeah. You need to like, know what the fuck are the FT tanks are. Yeah, yeah like, oh, it'll, it'll improve the show a lot. Oh, oh, yeah. It'll take a lot of yeah. extra yeah. work, though. Um, yeah, probably will. I guess we can all just Worth do our own parts. Like, just yeah, research yeah. up. Just get, Google the fucking pictures and put yeah. them on screen. Yeah. It'll Actually, yeah. No, if we're, if we're doing, like, rapid cuts and all that kind of jazz, it'd be, yeah, it'd be real fucking annoying. But you just, if you're just saying it's like, for, like, this second to this second, we have this picture. Surely that's not that hard. And I cut, cut to us, like, shooting our brains out. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So a lot of French tanks ended up with uh, good old German crosses painted on them. <laughs> um, the little, all the old World War One tanks... Like, no, they actually weren't. They were fucking used, like, you know. Yeah. They were used, like, in, like, like policing duties in the Balkans. <laughs> <laughs> Tanks were used in policing duties. There were a lot of partisans. <laughs> you gotta, gotta keep those Serbs in line. Hey, like, it, if you're a fucking Serb with a rifle, you're still not doing much against a, a tank, even if it's a little, even if it's, if it's a tiny little World War One tank. Yeah, so. You know, it's something, you know, it's grand, yeah. like, you know. And they have loads of them as well. That's like a good source of spare parts, you know. Yeah. Which is definitely the uh, <laughs> the crippling factor in the the Boite Panzer. <laughs> <laughs> How many? What, what was the um, the death toll among the main population in the Serbs in World War Two again? They lose like what was it? Quarter? Oh God! Yeah, it was a lot. It was like more than like anywhere else. Like what was the, what was the Croats' plan? Like so this yeah so the Germans set up like the Croatian. State, yeah, yeah, um, and their plan was to kill a third of the Serbs. Jesus. Enslave a third. A third, and what did they want to do with the other third? Probably something. Probably something. Probably something, something bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. They they did just, just keep them around as a minority and just subjugate them. Yeah, they didn't. That's know. what the. That's exactly what the Romans did in uh, Gaul. Just exterminating. Yeah, exterminate the third, enslave the third, the low, then integrated a third. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it was bad. It was a proper Holocaust. Yeah. Like. Um, it had to had to be done. Look, fucking undermentioned. You know they they can't be trusted. Gaulish undermentioned with their big like mustaches. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Was that a battery warning? Slim. Right. So FT tanks in. 
Croatia and, and Yugoslavia. Please actions, yeah. Please the, the kingdom of Yugoslavia. Yeah. Now I don't actually know anything about no, no. that because I wasn't able to find anything out. But there were there were little pictures of them with little German crosses on them. Yeah. <laughs> that was that. Um, the old uh, now the the the, the Char B ones, the big French tanks. Okay. You know that the Germans were like terrified of. You know, like in some actions, you know, they took like twenty hits from the German Panzers and kept going like what the <laughs> Germans Jesus, Jesus Christ <laughs> like you know that, I had to bring up like the big the big 88s to actually knock them out like you know, the, the German tanks couldn't do anything else it's like, <laughs> like plinking away like fuck me um, how did they lose Germans have used their tanks better yeah you know yeah like they like they actually like coordinated like and uh, with, like, with like radios and everything like a lot of the French tanks didn't have radios um, what Nah. Big, big guns. That's all you need. <laughs> no, you need a lot more. Yeah. But um, it's like hey, big fixed emplacements. You know what more does a man need? <laughs> the Germans went around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Germans also use all their tanks in like big spearhead assaults. Yeah. It's supported by aircraft. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like the the French, the French spread all their tanks out throughout all their infantry. Like, they use them more as a support for their infantry okay. rather than a tank arm Division, yeah. in its like on its own like you know how do they do that like, who doesn't look at a tank and be like i need like 50 of these to just charge down because it was like the 1930s tactics and no, were still down nobody knew how to use the fucking tanks like you know the only experience they had was world war one well, yeah but like i don't know i feel like anyone would look at them and be like in yeah. awe and be like i just need a lot of whatever this is yeah. but you see like you know all these tactics, you know the way they say, you know, people get, become experts at fighting the previous war, you know, yeah. just in time for the next one. Yeah. All the fact that the, so the French are still focused on Trenches. trench warfare and static defense. Like, like, like these big Char B1 tanks, like, oh, like they were really long and everything, cross, tr- cross trenches, grand, you know, oh, okay. weren't that fast, but you didn't need speed, you know, yeah. heavy, because they were heavily armored, you yeah. know. Like no, like, oh, like, um, the, like the, the big uh, seventy-five pounder gun, gun in the hull, you know, um, which would be doesn't need to pivot, you know, yeah, because it's always pointed at one of these. Yeah, the driver just points at a fucking bunker, grand, you know, um, it can smash through those bunkers. Infantry can follow him behind, like it's a breakthrough tank, yeah, you know. Okay, grand, fair, yeah. you know? Um, not much good when the lighter tanks are flanking around it. Yeah, pretty much, like you know, fuck yeah. We're just getting bombed. Yeah, but uh, anyway, the Germans fa- end up with a lot of these lads, so they're like, okay, well, these are bigger than any of our tanks, so yeah. sure, well, if I can use them, like, yeah. you know, grand. So like, okay, so um, now they didn't really know how to use them because they were like slower than the Panzers, like, you know, um, so like, okay, right, now, hmm. So they came up with the idea, okay, right, let's put a flamethrower. Flamethrowers <laughs> <laughs> okay. make everything better. Yeah, yeah. no bad. Um, so, uh, so, uh, so there were two different designs. So one of them had the flamethrower in the turret, another had had it in the hull. Okay. So both design, so Hitler viewed both designs, you know. So, hmm, <laughs> which one do I like more, you know? Uh, Got that. Chose one. Chose one in the hull. Okay. You know, Grant. I think that was, in hindsight, it was the the weaker of two options. You know. Yeah. But because flame, you know it can like point at things. Yeah, the flamethrower like 
like pointer flamethrower was, was like blind basically you know um but anyway they were modded so, uh, oh yeah they also had to like modify like the germans like to modify their pointer panzers you know um you, they usually weren't too satisfied it's like ugh, they have a lot of shitty features let's like, yeah. kind of hack them apart and like make them the way we like G- germanify them yeah, yeah. um uh, fair they give them raid hills <laughs> <laughs> So um, it hacked. So they hacked them apart, put flamethrowers in them, grand. Um, sent them off the eastern front to fight the Russians. Match. They did okay. <laughs> oh, they weren't great. I think the main thing that held them back was like, oh, like horrendous technical faults, like breaking down. Um, fuck it, oh, like, like, and of course, like problem with supply. Like, you know, they know more than we've been built. So. Yeah. Who fucking farted again? God damn it. Just don't fart. How fucking hard is it, like? <laughs> fucking hell. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Slim. That oh, is bad. <laughs> How <laughs> slim would you Brief, We can edit this off. No, the listeners yeah, yeah. need to know. They need to shame you with their letters. Right, so back to the old. Uh, what was it? Char B1s in Russia? It's like not getting on too well. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are they deployed? Were they like used up all like prior to Stalingrad or something? There? Oh, they didn't make it near Stalingrad, oh, like you know. Gosh. And it was the first, is the first few months of Barbarossa, like you know. Oh, they struggled yeah. even making it to the front line. <laughs> Jesus. I think they did destroy. They they did burn out like maybe two pillboxes for an entire like battalion of them, like you know. It doesn't say much. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Um. It, and oh, yeah, there was also a problem that um they came up against the pillbox that like. The flamethrower actually couldn't penetrate for some reason. Don't know why, but what they were just flaming it for ages and just wouldn't like the, the Russians were still inside, just firing. Yeah. The main, <laughs> just the just main, didn't, didn't get through the viewport or whatever. Yeah, it just didn't. Yeah, did couldn't. Um, I don't know. It's uh, maybe how the pillbox was designed or something, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it just didn't work. Um, fucking odd, but yeah. They sound pretty fucking shit. Yeah, they weren't great. Um, I, I, they, they were kept in like kind of France, Netherlands, you know. About. Yeah. I'd say they're scary to think about going up against. Oh, they're big, they're, they're big, the big boys, like, yeah. you know, yeah. But uh, they're the obviously by 1944 What year were they first designed and made? 1930s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, mid 1930s, I'd say. I'm sure tank technology came along so fucking mm. happily. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Look at like, yeah, look at the Panzers at the start of the war compared to them at the end of the war. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Was it the Panzers or was it the Panthers that, um, or what was it that it was originally built for a certain weight amount and the engine was designed for that much? And then way towards the end of product of design, they were like, "Oh, let's slap loads of more extra arm on it." Yeah, and it was just unable to move back. I know the Panthers definitely had an issue with their engines. Um, it was too weak yeah. for what was required. Like must you know, be, must be that, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think like the like loads of people would say some of the best. German tanks were at the start Panzer three and Panzer four. Yeah, because they're really reliable. Yeah. And you know, once you get, once you get good like, for what they're doing. Yeah, once you like, oh yeah, the really heavy, massive guns and everything, but they just broke down the whole time, like it's not, you know. It's not worth it, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of French tanks, not great, yeah. you know. So um, we we'll move over to uh, North Africa, all right. <laughs> all right. What okay. like the one actually? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Good, good, yeah. Old, good old Rommel, you know? So, um, at the time of the North African campaign, uh, Barbarossa, the invasion of Russia, with all the fucking French tanks <laughs> taking place, um, uh, Germans weren't really uh, in North Africa, they were kind of starved tanks. They had a few, you know, they had a good amount, but not enough as they needed, like, you know, the British had more. So, um, but uh, they, had the, they had the Italians, you know, but seeing as like, like the Italians were getting the tanks captured, you know, unused, you know, like hundreds at a time, you know. So, oh, oh, why, actually, why? Um, but anyway, uh, we need a full episode actually on why the Italians. Italy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Italians. Yeah, that's the, them and the French go down in like infamy for how bad they just put yeah. them to. Yeah, they'll they never, they'll never, yeah, no, like they need, and they need another good war to actually make redeem their, themselves, redeem themselves, make their name. They're, they're definitely not in a position to do well in any war right now. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Germans are commanded by Gunnar Rommel, you know, um, and he he was a he was a, a good lad, shall we say, you know, like he he was he was a general that commanded from the front, mm. you know, he liked to be in the kind of literally the thick of the action, like, you know, um, as opposed to being in the rear, you know, directing, mm. directing things. Um, do you, when you say that, do you mean like in a command tent very close to the front line? Oh, I mean... Like in a, in, in, a, in a tank, in the attack. In a, in a, in a, in like an armoured command vehicle, like speeding around, you know. Oh, shit, like, yeah. With, like with, with his forward the, elements, you know, boys. knowing exactly where the enemy is, you yeah. know. Um... Definitely sounds like a good lad. Good lad indeed, you know. And like, and he wasn't like a cunt either, yeah. you know. Like I say, there was loads of um, Austrians that when like uh, the Germans took over uh, Austria during the uh, mm. the the, the <laughs> um, they uh, they were like, yeah, fuck this, you know, just fled. Loads of them joined the French Foreign Legion. And continue the fight in North Africa. You should. Of course, you know, when Hitler found this out, he said, Traitors! <laughs> you know, that ordered them all to be executed on site. <laughs> uh, Roman was refused. He was like, No, fuck that. So, yeah, and he captured life, they were, they were fine. Good lad. Yeah, good. Yeah, good lad. Good shivery points. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so because Rama liked to speed around, you know, like within firing distance of the British, kind of needed like some security, you know. Yeah. So uh, naturally, some tanks would be would be nice. Um, but because the Germans, they they really didn't have the tanks to spare, you know. They had the two tank divisions in North Africa, and they they, they didn't like. It's kind of hard to even reinforce them, you know, over like the. The British controlled Mediterranean. It's like, God damn it, Italy! Fuck city! <laughs> <laughs> you one job! Secure the Mediterranean! Jesus. They did, they did, they did a decent fleet to start a World War II. Yeah, which one job is to control the Mediterranean? They couldn't even do that. Yeah, yeah. For fuck's sake. Like, yeah, they spent most of the, the war either in port, being bombed by the oh, RAF, or God. driving around and hitting naval mines. That's bad. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Jesus Christ. Are they have really good ships? Oh, yeah. They have really fucking good ships. Like, I know it's not... Um, I'm sure it's not quite indicative of reality, but uh, 
in the Arts of Iron game all about World War Two. Italy starts the game, great ships, all these class class vessels. And then towards the end of the game, all your options are just like hypothetical Italian whatever. Woeful. So the, the, the Italians would have had a great naval tradition. Trades, they're fucking, yeah. Yeah, they've so much coastline. Class yeah. like, yeah. And I like, guess the thing, they, could, like, they weren't, they, they didn't need their ships to operate on the other side of the world, you know. They knew that, they're, okay, we're just going to be fighting in the Mediterranean. You know, we don't need our ships to have massive range. You know, kind of just put all like all our all the all stuff that we need for like like huge fuel tanks and like reserves, mm-hmm. and ammunition and food and everything. We just put all that into armor and guns. Grand, you know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty good. You know, they perform mm. shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How was it? Was it was the lack of leadership in the captains or, or just overall strategic just misuse? This this will require uh, yeah I'd say yeah yeah, yeah. Italy is like na- <laughs> what went wrong Italy naval strategy in World War Two tune in next time <laughs> right, we'll, we'll drop that and go to uh, so anyway yeah. um Rommel needed tanks in his like little like coterie <laughs> yeah in his like little echelon like <laughs> um is it is entourage so um. <laughs> So there were no German tanks to be spared. So they had a load of British ones lying around that they captured. So they're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just use them. Grand. It's like sprayed the little fucking iron cross on them, you know. It's like give them a crew. It's all good, you know. Was there no friendly fire instances of that? No. Would they have changed the like the, the color of the tanks as well, or just the iron cross? Mm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure about that now. The only pictures I've seen are the black and white ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. They. I. I. I don't. I think they were fairly brazen with the iron crosses. Like they did a good few of them. Like on the like both sides of the turret, like tree sized hull. You know. Yeah. And uh, I think definitely in early war, the Germans would have had a lot of um, swastika flags, like massive swastika flags, like displayed on the back of their tanks, like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like fuck yeah, lads. You know they stopped doing that in late war because. You know, the Allied aircraft could just see them and just, like, bomb the shit. <laughs> that's, that's sad. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, like, lo- like, loads of, like, British, like, Matilda, cruiser, crusader tanks, you know, like, in Rommel's little personal little battle group, you know. And, like, he got into fights as well, like, you know, with all, like, British tanks and everything, you know. Like, blunder, like, maybe he's blundering into each other, like, you know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, little British, like, artillery um, battery, you know, it's a grand, it's like overrun, it's like, take your trillion, it's like using that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a like personal captured tank. Oh, he used a personal generous bodyguard. Um, yeah. yeah, pretty much, like, you know, and it was like, yeah, like he, 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 he took a liking to the British, um, kind of, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like a kind of little armoured car thing. That he used for his headquarters, his personal headquarters. They sped around in, like, <laughs> captured from a British general. Like, <laughs> grand! Sadly, he was knocked out in the airstrike. Ah! Oh, God damn. Yeah. Didn't he have RAF goggles or something? That was what he was, you know, he was infamous. He always used to wear his kind of these goggles. Do you know what? Yeah. You know, you know, in all the pictures, I always see Rommel with these, uh, these cool goggles. Ah, oh, pretty good. Captured from the RAF. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a picture of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll Rommel. insert it in yeah. here. Yeah. But I can't. I must look that up. I can't remember. I remember being told by someone or that they're they're like RAF goggles or 
British tank on something yeah. like that. And parents like, if you were fighting a war, you definitely take all trophies and everything. Oh, oh let's right. You know, it'd be fucking class. Sure, like, everyone did, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fuck me, I'd clearly i will collect a few skulls, oh. helmets and yeah. lugers. If, if I got my life and I'll collect any war trophies, I'll be a disappointed man. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, so that was that was Rommel's little uh Little entourage, you know, <laughs> <laughs> British town. <laughs> How do you pronounce what's the name John? the What's it? Boite Panzer. Boite Panzer. It looks like it, it's all it's spelled. You see, it's spelled. It's it's like, is that Beauty Panzer? <laughs> but yeah, Boite Panzer. Okay. Boite Panzer. Panzer. What, what can we have? What can we have here, Sean? Oh, so this is a nice. <laughs> this is a fuck one. So it's like native IPA. So it's like a a good American bison. Like overlaid on a, a, a like a, a good star spangled banner. Oh, this little bitch can as well. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, like, that's it. Four forty mil. In fairness, Sully, we just had a seven percent. Fair. The old, uh, the old Hallam. Yeah. It, it went, it went down. Fucking grand, actually. And my yeah. apologies, Sully. I caught myself afterwards. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And he, even the native IPA is five and a half percent. Yeah. And funnily enough, it says native IPA and it has the bison, the American flag, and also has a big um, silhouette of the island of Ireland. It does, doesn't it? It also has yeah. slinter on the side. What the fuck is this? That is it's a very brood. confused. It's brood and slagger. Why would they put a fucking American flag on? It's, just, it's, an, it's an American style, I guess. God damn it. Then it should be an APA. What's the Sligo fucking banner, flag, emblem thing? Oh, fuck, lads. Come on, uh, Big Al, you're from Sligo. Uh, fuck. Well, uh, like, ancestrally. Uh, not certain. God damn it. I, I don't want to give it a... I, I'm not going to give it a Google, because that's against the rules. But, um... Of, of, of podcast. <laughs> Right, fuck that. Let's move on. Grand. Yeah. Right. So, ooh, what we'll, we'll, we'll address next? in the next episode. Right. So, who are the other boy tech panzers? Oh, should we go? Should we go with the old Shermans? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The American like, workhorse, you know. Now the Germans like these. Mm. Why? Oh, because they're like they're really, really comfy inside, easy to use, ergonomic. Yeah. Fuck Pretty other cramped, tiny little things. The Germans like them. Fuck. Compared to the monstrous fucking tigers and panthers. And... I think lo- loads of the space inside inside them would have been used for like ammunition and, and, and everything. Just all the armor. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, des- they're all designed really differently inside. Like each tank is designed really differently inside. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't, yeah, like it could definitely be a case of the, the Americans thought they were fucked shite, but the Germans were like, these are class, you know? Oh, like, it's always like roomier for my elbows than like all the shit. Yeah, there. but weren't they known as Tommy Cookers? They did have a tendency to explode. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and pound for pound, weren't the German tanks like far better than them? In a straight up fight, not in terms of... Like, oh, fight, oh yeah. yeah. But then... But for the war effort, much But then worse, the Germans like, were desperate for tanks. Yeah. They were like, Jesus Christ, we need the weed and weed. Like, if, if you have a captured tank, just fucking use it, if you can. The, Ger- Ger- the Germans were also really reliable, you know? Yeah. They weren't breaking down like half the time with the lot of German tanks. They were like, grand, grand, like... You know, they kept running. Um, they didn't, uh, like, loads of tanks they captured, they, like, the Germans went to town and hacked them apart, gave them new guns and everything. The Germans, they were like, ah, it's fine. Leave it as it is, like, you know. Even with their pea shooter fucking cannon. They did capture a firefly. 
yeah. Which is a Firefly. Firefly was the Sherman tank that was basically upgunned <clears throat> to be like a tank killer. Like it was no. the one in Fury, actually. It was not. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, wasn't it? No, 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 it wasn't. I've yet to see Fury, um, unfortunately. God damn! How are you on this fucking podcast and you haven't seen Fury? <laughs> Fuck's sake! It has the war daddy in it. I know. God damn it! I'm We're sorry. sorry. The first Sherman actually captured by the Germans was actually called. War Daddy. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Um, hey, we, need, we need to watch the next Manor movie, not yeah. It's Captain Catherine Pass. I honestly haven't checked yeah. them what, what, what was the What was the one in Fury then, if it wasn't a Firefly? It was, so so they started the war with a 75mm gun. Yeah. It was decent, but it wasn't great. Because, um, like, the calibre of the gun isn't necessarily indicative of its, like, you know... Penetration. Yeah, cause it's it, cause as a, as a <laughs> because like the, the the girth, you know, like that, that that that's a measure, you know, like a seventy five would be less than a hundred twenty millimeter, you know, yeah. but then it also goes back as well, um, like the, the actual length, the, le- yeah. the length of the the charge, like yeah. you know, um, say the Tiger one tank had an eighty eight millimeter gun, yeah. Mm. The Tiger 2 tank also had an 18 millimeter gun, but the charge was twice as big. Okay. You know? Yeah. So it was it could fucking destroy literally anything like yeah, you know. Okay. So no, the can. The Sorry. precious can. Um. Such a voice. I need to. Also, I apologize for the fire. God, she's. Wait. So. Um, that's the bigger shell explained, yeah? Yeah. So, um, the, yes, the Sherman, the Sherman started out with a 75mm gun. It was upgunned to a 76mm gun, okay? Which is a slightly better version, which is what you see in Fury. Okay. Firefly also had a 76mm gun, which is confusingly called the 76, or the 17 pounder, you know? Fuck Britain, fuck's sake. So start your tan bashing now, lads. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, so, so Firefly had basically a massive charge on its shell yeah. that allowed it to fuck Panzers, like. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, the Germans actually captured one of them. Um, and it was sadly recaptured by the Canadians uh, no, a few no. days later. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, How did it get captured twice without being destroyed? Oh, I don't know. Like, I guess yeah. like, a lo- 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 these situations, like, crews get spooked. You know, if the tank is slightly damaged or hit, you know. And they're like, fuck it, man. They, they just bail out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, tank breaks down. You know, you're stranded. You're yeah, like, most of these situations, the crews abandon the tank. <laughs> and they, they no ability to scuttle it or anything. Usually they do. Usually tanks would have an ability, but they're done of time or they're the life that's care. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah, that. Or they, they just fuck it up, like you yeah. know. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, they uh, like they have a fair amount of old Shermans, like uh, one uh, like um. But, uh, and yeah, like they, they're, as I said, they're pretty popular, like, you know. Um, during the Battle of the Bulge, all right, oh, yeah. you know the way they used um, disguised 
Germans. Yeah. Act like acting as, as you were soldiers, like uh, o- to... Operation Werewolf, I believe it's called. Oh, that was more of a kind of <laughs> failed insurgency. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. It was that. Yeah. No. Like that. That was more of like, oh yeah, like we'll have like you know guerrilla. Nazis behind enemy lines. Oh, okay, right. was this after World War II? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it uh, never matched to anything like that. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a complete failure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah we, it was Paladin Group, wasn't it? Or was Scorzini, was it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, good old Otto Scorzini. Another podcast episode's topic, you know? Oh, yeah, he'd get a thing from himself, yeah, like. Yeah. So, like, an honorary Irish citizen. <laughs> Well, not quite. A good Mossad agent, yeah. <laughs> despite being like an SS member. But yeah, so you know, so they had all them, but they also had a, a, a like a, a tank column, all right? The uh, the 150th uh, Panzer Division. Okay, so 150th Panzer Division. Okay, yeah. so kind of kind of special ops group, you know, like. Get loads of like uh like say all like yeah I think Scorzini's volunteers like sent out like you know notices right anyone that can speak like English or like anyone that's lived in America you like report to like you know like Scorzini's HQ you know um and uh, so like they'd be sent out in like jeeps you know to basically like cause absolute fucking chaos capture jeeps was it or capture jeeps yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Um, all captured equipment and everything, uniforms, yeah. forged like identity, identities and everything, you know. Uh, they don't have this thick German accents. Oh no, like that, that was the whole point. Like, like people that have lived in America, yeah. people, like, like people that could speak as American, yeah. basically. Like, yeah, if you, you couldn't know. pass for it, they'd be like, "No, you're not good enough for this. Yeah. Fuck off." Yeah, like, yeah. And very still, loads of them didn't pass. Like. Like first checkpoint, they were like, "You're a fucking jerk." <laughs> <laughs> um, but the this Panzer column, um, they were like, "Right, we're gonna have it led by captured U.S. tanks that okay. still have all the like American markings on them, you know." Uh, coming down, oh, it'll give it'll give us that edge, you know. They'll be like, ah, geez. It's, it's America. They won't fire on us, you know. So they don't like. So they need to just kind of source Shermans. But the only problem was that like the only the Shermans that the German army had, they like. This was an an SS formation, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of like they were kind of separate from the, the whole Wehrmacht supply chain. Oh, yeah. the, the Wehrmacht just said, "Fuck off." We're not giving you giving you our Shermans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we we like them. <laughs> So they had one Sherman. Uh, <laughs> they managed to get their hands on one. Uh, but um, the rest of their tanks were basically kind of <laughs> crudely disguised German tanks, kind of look like US uh, tanks, you know? Which might have done the job, uh, you know? Um, but they, they tried their best. Kind of worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Were the, uh, were the Germans in the American uniform, were they hung as spies? Oh, they were shot as spies. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. They were treated badly, yeah. Well. Yeah. I think... No, not... Well, not badly, because, like... I think that is actually one of the rules of war. If you're captured in an enemy uniform, you can be shot. Yeah. That's, like... Mm. That's, that's, that's just it, you know? Yeah. 
spies get a rough time over yeah. it. pretty much. Yeah. Definitionely. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Like, it, like if you're wearing your own uniform, you should be fine. You know. <laughs> if you're dressed as a civilian. Yeah. Oh, it's your own you, fault you, for you, being you, like caught. You'll end up in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like one one funny story was like, oh, it was I don't know how the fuck this happened, but it was the identity tag of um, some sort of identity paper or something of the Americans. There was a misprint on it, okay, and it was really minor or something. But it was kind of a thing that everyone just knew about, you know. Mm-hmm. Ah, they fucked that up, you know, Grant. But then the Germans, like, corrected, <laughs> corrected it. <laughs> so when the lad handed over his papers, they were like, this is fucking wrong. <laughs> it's like you, you're coming in. Um, oh, actually, it's like there should be, like, an or there where there should be an end line. A good one actually is, you know, um, you know, have you heard of General Montgomery? Mm. Yeah. Of the British, yeah? Yeah. Um... So he was he, like, the Americans like, hate him because he, like, he was a fucking cunt. <laughs> um, so there was a, a rumor going around that oh, Jez is fucking Germans dressed as fucking a British general, you know. So uh, Montgomery's going through a checkpoint. American MPs like, gonna have to take you in, you know. <laughs> so they they brought him into this fucking barn, like you know. Um, and he was like, I'm a fucking British general! You can't keep me here! Ranting. This is ludicrous, you know? It's like, um... So the MP sent it on up the chain of command, up General Eisenhower. Eisenhower just like... Huh. Just did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Kept there for like 16 hours. <laughs> it's like, sort of that cunt, right? <laughs> yeah, fucking Montgomery's despised. Got all Monty. Well, in general, just by the US. A lot of people on Shit. just the Allied soft. That's fine. Yeah, so that was good old uh, Monty, anyway, in the Ardennes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the old Shermans, you know. Yeah. Um, what about T-34s? Captured T-34s? Because they were a good time. Yeah, they actually were. And yeah, they did they, 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 you, you use a fair amount of them, you know? I think they actually scrapped a lot of the Russian tanks. Really? That they captured. Yeah. Um, did they have... The, were the T-34s in production at the start of Operation Barbarossa? They were. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't remember. They captured so much shit when yeah. they first encircled They load. actually... Yeah. So they... Oh, like, they were a definite minority in Russian tanks at the start of... At the start of Barbarossa, like, yeah. you know, um, and uh, so loads of Russian tanks they captured, they just fucking scrapped. Yeah. And Why though? They were good. The T-34s, even at the start of them. Oh no, but like, there weren't that many T-34s. Right, yeah. that, that, that's it, like, you know. Um, but they did capture a fair amount of T-34s, and they did, like, I think one of the, you know, Battle of Kursk. Yeah. Like, one of the biggest tank battles yeah. in, like, what, at, the, at, at the start of that, Germans use a column of captured T-34s like driving towards the, the Russians like you know yeah yeah we're we're Russian no, they have German markings on them wasn't that the I, uh, no, I think they I'm not not sure actually I don't know my knowledge um, of uh, the war is far less than the rest of you but wasn't that the largest tank battle in World War II I think it might have been a larger one 
93-1. It's debated. Okay. Okay. What was that? The Battle of Brosdy, I think. Or something. It's, it's an obscure one that there hasn't been much research done on. Like, Weird that there hasn't. Yeah. Or, yeah. I've, I've literally never heard of it. Yeah, but it's a yeah, contender so. for being the biggest. Like, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, more research. But between more who? research is needed. Oh, 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 oh Russian to Germans. Oh, yeah, Russian Germans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who won? I think the Germans. I'm pretty sure I'm, yeah, it must have been the Germans like it was early sure yeah. Yeah. sure I, <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know I sure yeah I think it was the Germans anyway okay um but um yeah no the yeah like the Germans had a tough time with the Soviet tanks in the first in the first stages of the war like you know heaviest they had was the Panzer IV you know mm-hmm. the Russians had all like the fucking like the the KVs, you know, that would like, fuck the KVs. Oh, they were just Russian heavy tanks, basically impenetrable to, oh. to the Germans. Like, you know, like, like apart from the, the Germans need the, the big 88 millimeter guns yeah. to say, take them out, like, you know, um, which is pretty like terrifying if you're a German tanker, like, you know, like, um, oh, oh, they most of them having like what 74 or something. The black most of them having what like the 74s and their head. they had like the Panzer IVs had like 75 millimeter guns, okay, but only uh, on, like fair bit short, like yeah. but the 88 was yeah. initially an AA gun, wasn't it? Fuck me, that they were like, oh, this is actually fucking class, it's an anti tank gun. <laughs> um, and did what did they figure that out by firing an actual like flak round? I don't fire? think so. How did they figure it out? I, have, I, haven't actually, I haven't actually figured it out yet. I, 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 it's, a, it's a something that I need, mean to mean to research. Mm. Yeah, like how did they turn this yeah. AA gun into like it became the premier tank? They might have literally just made a shell for yeah. it, you know. Because I think loads of German guns, like loads of German naval guns and everything yeah. were 88 millimeters, you know. Jesus. So they had the like the infamous 88. Yeah, the, like they had the industrial capacity to like make shells for yeah. it. You know, yeah. Yeah. was like that would also like shrek a tank. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Also in uh, N41, the Russians had the uh, the T35 tank, mm-hmm. right? Which is uh, the well, one of the last Boita Panzer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, it's basically. This massive tank, right? Yeah. Five turrets. <laughs> okay. What? One big turret. Yeah. With like a big seventy-six millimeter gun, and then four like small little turrets. Yeah. Um, we need a picture of this. Yeah. <laughs> See here, yeah. Yeah. I need a picture of yeah, this. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I hadn't heard of it like before this, like you know. Um. Oh, called T thirty-five. Mm. Where where were they placed? It was a big one on top, was it? Big one on top of the middle. And then four around it. Okay. Know? Yeah. Like, boom. Yeah. It was, yeah. like, not great design, because, like, some of them, when some turrets were, like, placed, were, were, like, in in a certain position, like, the escape hatches for other turrets, <laughs> like, were inoperable. <laughs> God damn it. And, like, yell across the other guy, like, it's like, move your turret, I need to get out of here. Pretty bad if one turret was, like, immobilized. <laughs> like it was the same same design as like the or same like you know like s- tactical vision as the the French tanks so, like, big massive tanks 
Yeah. You know, kind of slow, but that's okay. You know, just break through them. Fuck yeah. You know, uh, closest um, thing we'll ever get to real life being like. <laughs> no way until the year, um, you know, thirty thousand. <laughs> I guess. In our lifetimes. Sorry, no, like fifteen thousand was the golden age of technology. <laughs> Like, oh well, we can't start talking. About <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing we derailed around. Oh god, whatever. So, stop. T dog would be very bored. So like, um, yeah, I, you know, like even by nine forty one, so we to like, oh Jesus, this fucking thing. Like we already have the P thirty T thirty four coming into production. You know, like oh god, we just retire this thing. You know, then the Germans attacked. They were like, okay, we need every single tank on the line. <laughs> Um, they were shit. <laughs> um, just horrific technical issues, you know, slow as fuck, couldn't do fucking anything like, you know. But the Germans captured a few. <laughs> um, and I, like, I don't think they really saw anything in them. But they took one back anyway to their tank museum, mm. which they were building, you know, of all, of all the, the captured Allied tanks. That's really you cool. Know, you know, that they had in this museum. But then, uh, in 1945, they were like, okay, we need every fucking tank. <laughs> it's like, raid the museum of working tanks and put them into service. <laughs> so, yeah, naturally, yeah. Like, so, the T-35 got some service. It fucking did, you know? Now, I think they, they for some reason, they stripped all the guns from it. They probably just didn't have any ammunition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So I think they used it as a command tank in the Battle of Berlin. Okay. For a, for a, a, a Panzer company, like you know. Okay. Right. It was found dead, like like burnt out. The Soviets got it. <laughs> I'm sure they were delighted to see an old T-34. They're like, hey, I recognise that. They definitely. I think the lads that were fighting in Berlin yeah, had didn't. no idea what the fuck it was. Like, yeah, like what is this like German creation? Pretty much, yeah. like, you know. I, oh, I found pictures of uh, an IS-2, which is the Russian heavy tank of World War II, like, you know, like, pretty fucking beast, like, was you it, know. Was it heavier than the Tigers? It would have been on par. Right. You know, um, like, mm, it, would, like it would have been the best thing the Russians could have had. Yeah, like, basically, the Tiger 1s. Yeah. Their shells would have bounced off it at long range. Okay. You know, which is like Jeez. saying something like, mm. you know, like fucking love. Um, yeah. <laughs> Drinks can. Drinks can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It had a weird like two-part shell. So you load one bit and you load the other. That sounds impractical. Wait. What? Yeah. Hey. 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 It was a hundred and twenty millimeter shell, though. Jeez. So it was. Oh, it was. No. It was big. <laughs> like they take up a lot of yeah. space. So like, you could probably knock out any tank the Germans had. Like, yeah. You know. So. Fair. That's pretty good. Um. Jeez, hundred twenty millimeter. Like, th- like th- that's as much as the the Abrams tank today. <laughs> Like, you can't, practically you can't get much bigger than that. Ginormous, like. It's like, it's almost as what the destroyers had in World War II, like. It was, like, na- it was almost naval gun. <laughs> a naval gun, like. But, uh, I don't, yeah, so. Need more head on that, too. So, as far as I know, they didn't use any of them in combat. Oh, God damn it. 
Like I, I saw pictures of it in 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 the the, the Kummeldorf testing grounds, you know, with a big uh, Oberkommando de Wehrmacht fucking uh, like a signifier spray paint on the side, you know. Grand. I hate hearing about like class guns never fired in anger. Oh, it's oh. so bad, you know. That like like that like that's why loads of the boy to pan were actually fired in anger. Yeah. It's fucking class, like. Yeah. They weren't. Great. They weren't fantastic, you know, but uh, they, ah, they were out of they, use. They were decent, like they were, they were, they were, they were great. The, the supply was used up, like. yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, so, so, that, so that's the that's the the Boiter Panzer, you know, the Boiter Panzer. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew that. Actually. That is that is fucking glass. Yeah. Thousands of loyal tanks, you know, pressed into service against their former owners oh. <laughs> like the crews should have fucking scuffed yeah. them you know <laughs> yeah should have a better fucking job that alright right, so we, we, we head over to T-Dog let's T-Dog oh wow why don't you play Fallout <laughs> right boys Stolen tanks and using them against your original owners it's very exciting and everything but do you know what's even more exciting no cape shit <laughs> the, the economic history of the comic book industry. Okay. Alright. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I'm on board for this. <laughs> Basically, the comic book industry was fucking soaring in the 80s. Mm. People were loving it. There was mass amounts of fucking critically acclaimed stories coming out. Works of Frank Miller, Alan Moore, that type of shit. Watchmen kind of thing? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. This led to some questionable market uh, antics. Uh, collectors basically saw the market, saw that, oh shit, Action Comics number one is selling for a massive amount of money. Detective Comics number 27, first appearance of Batman, selling for a massive amount of money. I, I, action number one, that was that first appearance of Superman, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, they were just like, we need to buy all the comics, so that way we can sell them for massive amounts of money. In like, you know, <laughs> 40 years. Uh, like, for a quick uh, price comparison over the years, um, Action Comics number one in 1974 was worth $400, uh, but it was bought for like, pennies. <laughs> He <laughs> uh, yeah, would get him like oh five p gets you the comic kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, in 1984, it was worth uh, five thousand dollars. Five thousand. Yeah. Wait, the first year it was seventy four was. First year was seventy four. Yeah. When when did it first come out? It like came out 50s? in. No, no, it came out in nineteen thirty eight. Jesus. Um. Um. December. So Spy black. Yeah. Like two pennies to four hundred is well, it's an increase. But then like four hundred to thousands. You think it's back. Mm. <laughs> By December nineteen ninety one, this is a different comic, but Detective Comics number twenty seven, first appearance of Batman, uh was worth fifty five thousand dollars. <laughs> it's almost as though the eighties and nineties were known for their excess. <laughs> but like, who was buying these comics? Collectors. Your boy in the cage bought one of them. Ah, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a big comic collector, like. He had a massive collection. He named his son Kal-El. Yeah, <laughs> he, he named his son yeah, yeah. 
Did, did you ever hear about the massive heist of Nick Cage's comics? No. Oh yeah. What the fuck happened oh, yeah. there? Oh yeah, there was. Oh, so Nick Cage, he had a he had a room in his house that was like dedicated to comic books. He had all these like obscenely over-designed like cabinets and stuff like that protecting his comics. Yeah, you know, they were like they're bulletproof. They're like you couldn't pry them open. Yeah, they had all these levels of security. And then one night at a party that he was throwing, some guy wandered in and he found m- numerous of those cabinets had like the keys still in the lock. Oh. So he just like grand walked in, like just opened them, stole hundreds of thousands worth of comics. Oh no! Walked out. Oh, did, 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 fuck. Do we ever know if they were like sold on or I, did they ever show up again? In the yeah, I think one of like the early Superman was it an action comics ones? I can't remember. Well, I'd imagine it was action comics. Well, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, eventually, they start turning up like what, like fifteen years after the fact. Ah, like, uh, Nick. Yeah. Nick. He, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, he but, dropped the ball. Yeah, like he's a colossal fucking cage shit nerd. Yeah. Like our cage, favorite boy. Cage is a direct reference to Luke Cage. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not even his original name, is it? His original name is Coppola, but he didn't want uh, he didn't want to get by on the fame of his uncle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, shit, that's his uncle. uncle. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard that before, but I forgot it actually. Yeah, actually. it's a big fact. Like. But, uh, <laughs> He's such a great, such a superior actor. Oscar winning actor, you know. Fuck yeah. Hey, he deserved that after for he did. He did. He did. He did. in Las Vegas. No one else but, has ever portrayed a drunken man as well as him. <laughs> oh no, it's perfect. You watch that and you're like, my God, I believe it so much. <laughs> he is a drunken man. Please just don't drink in here. <laughs> oh. but, um, yeah. Never ask me to stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, a few months after this uh, detective comic sale, Action, Co- uh, Action Comics number one also sold mm. uh, for this... Price comparison. So we have pennies. We have four hundred dollars in nineteen seventy four. We have uh, five thousand dollars in nineteen eighty four. And nineteen ninety two, we have eighty two thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> Fucking outrageous. What drives the price up so much? Like, cause they're rare. They were so rare. Be- because like you know they would they, they I would. Will, I will get into. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, this led generally led to a massive speculator boom because they were just like, "Oh fuck, we can get these comics for pennies and they'll be f- worth, even if like five or six of them are worth something down the line." Fuck, we're in the money. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a pretty cheap initial investment if there's a huge payoff at the end. Like exactly, that. exactly. But uh, the speculator boom led to massive fucking sales, uh, which meant that. Uh, Basically, the comic book industry started playing to those sales. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, basically, what they thought was if we pay 60 cents for this comic now, even if like only four or five, even if we buy like 10 of them and only one of them is worth something down the line, it could be worth uh, it, its value could multiply by a thousand percent. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. We've all invested in tulips. <laughs> like, when I was going through this, the most accurate comparison in my head of what the people were thinking of at the time was they were viewing comics as that day's Bitcoin, essentially. Mm. 
And who was who was getting in the investment? Were it just private people? Or was it companies? Everyone. Like people were because this has been widely reported that the action comic sales and the detective comic sales were happening. I really thought they were like getting one over on the, the market. Who was like every like, yuppie prick in the in the early nineties? There were so many yuppie pricks. Late eighties and early nineties. Yeah, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so much cocaine. Should have been us. <laughs> uh, we should have been getting poor off comic books. <laughs> hey, if we had just managed to make money, we wouldn't have made money. <laughs> but uh, speculative rooms happening. Uh, natural consequence self-vacating to it because uh, they're just like oh shit we're getting massive profits all these collectibles that people are buying all these fucking comics that people are buying we need to market the fucking shit out of them <laughs> 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 uh, they began, began to produce did you fire to get <laughs> oh, god damn it slim I've been sneaking a few of them for the last while yeah that one impacted me <laughs> Sully doesn't know. I know. Sully is just dead to it. Got so much editing of this to do. It's like, it's like 80 or all the names. Who's oh, all the farts? Nice. Comic books. That yeah, too. Yes. Uh, but they began to produce more merch, more toys, more collectibles. Made a lot more characters so they could have new number one issues. Oh, yeah. Ah, Jesus, yeah. like <laughs> that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Oh, it does. It doesn't for like just making good comic books. It does for like appealing to like the mass speculators. Yeah, like comic book events uh, tailored for like generating massive sales, i.e. the death of Superman, which I'll go into in a, a bit more later on. But like. Nice. Uh, they began to create variant covers for comics so people would buy the same comic over and over oh, again yeah. just with different covers. <laughs> uh, just out of curiosity, T-Dog, does this still go on or is this kind yeah. of stuff done? Uh, oh, it does, less, yeah. less so, but yes. But it does, okay. yeah. Like, I remember I picked up, it was some very important issue of The Walking Dead. It had like four different variant covers. I was like, oh, I'm perfectly happy getting like the boring one with like a bit of Negan's baseball bat. <laughs> still goes on. It's still, I guess not rampant, but fuck, it's yeah, still there. It's like. nowhere near as rampant as it was, but it definitely still goes on. Uh, from a retail perspective, uh, uh, from a retail perspective, sorry, this also led to uh, a lot more people opening up comic book shops. Because <laughs> they were just like, Oh, these things are getting bought everywhere. Mm. <laughs> Taking out business loans to set up those comic book shops. Uh, I've noted here people who may not have necessarily known about the industry. Mm. I like collectors and like Wall Street investors and shit like that. Oh, God. <laughs> like, when they get involved, you know shit's about to Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, just innocent comic book nerds, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. comic book business doing great, you know? This can't go down. <laughs> Too big to fail. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, of the boom and uh, interest, distributors uh, lowered the fee that retailers would be required to pay them in order to like be put on, in order to create an account for them. Mm. Uh, they lowered it to $300. Uh, 
That that's just to create an account, not mm. the standard payments. Oh yeah, but like still it's, it's still negligible, fucking, like yeah, it's still fucking nothing. Uh, with the thought process being that that basically this would incre- further increase the amount of people getting into the industry because it would decrease the amount of the amount of costs that it would take to set up a shop. But uh, this um, didn't really work out too well. Uh, due to the ex- inexperience of these shop owners, many of them uh, misjudging the orders that they were putting in. Uh, so the will sell them all alike. Uh, quote, uh, uh, I have a paraphrase here from uh, Mild High Comics' uh, Chuck Rosansky. <laughs> he estimates that between the years uh, 1990 and 1994, about... 30% of stock went unsold. Oh, oh God. No. Uh, Collective groan. I'm, I'm sure all of our listenership. <laughs> all three. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, there could be someone in like four years in the future listening to this. Mark. <laughs> but, uh, additionally... The existence of the new shops also took away sales from established stores as well, uh, which meant that their sales took a fucking massive hit. Like, suddenly you're dealing with like three additional shops in your fucking tiny district. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two facts meant that uh, shops were left with uh, boxes filled with unsold comics. <laughs> Boxes upon boxes. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> is it done similarly to newspapers where you can send them back? No. Didn't think it would be. <laughs> oh, God. This lack of profits led to, by the by, the time that the comic book boom went bust, that's a closure of uh, six thousand, nearly 6,000 comic book shops. 6,000. Is that what? In, in global? global? America. In, in America. Out of 10,000. Oh, oh what? <laughs> I was about to ask, like, what's that a percentage? I was yeah. expecting a number like 20%, and I'll be like, oh my, 60%. Well, I'm extrapolating because there was 4,000 still open at the end. So. Yeah, that's a sensible extrapolation. Apparently, apparently that's something that's happened to uh, Subway around America as well. Yeah. That they're very free and easy with the franchise oh, license, yeah. and so many of them are opening up beside each other. Like, look, look at even on a concert. This is the the sandwich. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, look, look at Subway. Yeah. Subway. There's fucking what? There's three of them on a concert. Yeah. yeah. So many of them open up. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no limit to how close they can open up beside each other. Sorry, I just noted uh, here. Uh, the distributors knew that this was happening, but uh, they were making banks, so they didn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> did, they, but did this come back to hurt the distributors, or was it solely hurting the poor bastards retailing? Do these things ever not hurt everyone? Mm. Well, it, oh. it, I mean, like, going back to the Subway comparison, it helps Subway. Because yeah. Subway, they pay a franchise, yeah, the franchisee pays a franchising fee to Subway. Fair, fair, um, don't. To be honest, it wasn't just this one mistake that the comic book industry was making that hurt everyone. Mm-hmm. A lot happened in a short period of time that started hurt, hurting everyone. Uh, next we 
now we get to fucking New World Entertainment and their cameo in there. Oh uh, what a bad name. Yeah, their cameo in the comic book industry. Uh, NEW bought uh, Marvel for in 1986 for 46 million dollars. A sizable okay. amount of money in the 80s. Who, who owns New World Entertainment? Is it I, the Jews? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who are New World Entertainment? Honestly, their appearance is a cameo. Like, Wait, they buy Marvel. They buy Marvel. They like immediately sell them? They are gone within three sentences of my notes here. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Sorry for his jumping the gun. It's a very ominous name. They <laughs> really do. But they have next to no impact. Right. Uh, basically, their big impact is that they fired Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief of Marvel at the time, and was generally considered very good at his job. And probably would have called bullshit on a lot of the events that the next owners mm. were going to do. <laughs> okay. Is is Jim Schuster a different person, or am I mixing up the names? Uh, that I don't recognise that name. I'm I presume that I'm mixing up the names. So Jim Shooter, right here. Yeah, Jim Jim Shooter. Uh, basically, he was very known for. He had this odd tendency of being hated by everyone. You were telling me about this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he fought for creator rights, but also insisted that because creators had such a problem keeping on track with their timelines, uh, and he was the main editor, he was just like, right, we'll do everything in my fucking voice because that's quicker for me to edit and we won't miss any deadlines. Which is going to come back later on the tendency of comic book industries to miss their deadlines and the massive costs that it ensues I'm always surprised when I find out like how horrific it is when like production misses deadlines and just like throws everything off like so much more than you'd ever think it would like right so 1989 Ron Perlman uh by his uh, group that he put together. Ron Perlman? Ron Perlman. We all thought that was Ron Perlman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was like, oh, he's involved earlier than I thought. I did my notes, I was just like, they're going to call me on this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ron Perlman uh-huh. buys Marvel for 82.5 million. Three year, just three years after New New World had a very uneventful three years. Eighty five, would you say? He they bought it in eighty six. He bought it in eighty nine. Sorry, sorry for how much? Oh, sorry for eighty two point five. Eighty two, sorry, eighty two point five. Sorry. sorry. Uh, Ron Perlman was immediately just like, we need quick profits. <laughs> we need to match. Because his long term goal was to basically. He had no conceived notion of how to do this, but he basically wanted to turn Marvel into what it is now, which is an entertainment company. And he was ahead of the curve. Exactly, <laughs> but he... Uh, a sensible man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, no. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Ron Perlman, uh, first, first thing he did, get shareholders on uh, board, was... Um, he increased the prices of comics 
from 65 cents to a dollar 25. Oh, I say that was bad. I said there was as you would think. No, I said there were a lot of mom and dads giving out about that. Uh, sorry, uh, he's credited for increasing it, but uh, it was uh, noted at 65 uh, during the New World era. So I don't have, I wasn't unable to find records of whether or not it had a slight increase before him. But uh, 65 was the uh, figure I could find closer, closest to the start of this. Do you reckon it's very vaguely comparable to his competitors? The likes of... was, cause, because yeah. uh, he didn't have, like, they didn't have massive losses. Their stock went up. Okay. Yeah. Because people were, yeah, used to paying it. Well. Basically, like, uh, this please shareholders, they were making bank. Uh, profits were fucking sore. Uh, it's led to like an increased number of titles as well because they were just like, we need to make as much money as possible. We need to make four books about Spider Man and five books about the. <laughs> how, how did that work plot wise? Would like wow. something happen in one book and then like a character would interject and be like, oh, to find out where this character has come from, read like. Amazing Spider-Man number, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how it worked at the time. I've read graphic novels retrospectively, and just like can't recall what the titles were for Spider-Man at the time. But for Batman, say it would go from uh, Detective Comics number one to Shadow of the Bat number five. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Jesus! It must have been fucking AIDS to keep basically. <laughs> I I would have quit. I would have been like, fuck <laughs> this shit. Um, but yeah, massive amount of titles being produced at the time. Because of this, uh, the bullpen, the the creators were just like coming under massive amounts of strain because they were expected to come up with plots for every single one of these books and write and draw every single one of these books. And many of them started to think about leaving. Hmm. And did Re- they follow through on those thoughts? We, we will get to that. Alrighty <laughs> then. Uh, by 1991, uh, Perelman and Tom DeFalco, who was um, who was Shooter's replacement, uh, took uh, took up, completely took over Marvel, and they uh, took it public. In fact, I. I was trying to think, what's the word I've left out of my notes? Mm. It took Marvel public. Uh, so this caused uh, shares to skyrocket even further. Perelman's vision coming coming full circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he had this plan to... Dangerous he, thing going public. Yeah. In a, in, certainly in a bubble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but bubbles never end, big Al. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Prelman's plan was to use junk bonds. I'm trusting uh, oh, our no. Wall Street expert, uh, Slim, to uh, answer any questions on. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Email me, you know. <laughs> at, uh, slim at gmail.com. <laughs> no, that's not uh, yeah. but, uh, What is a pump and dump? Junk bonds. Junk bonds backed by Marvel Entertainment Group's rising stock value. Uh, 
Uh, he bought companies like Fleet in 1992 and for $340 million, and more importantly, uh, bought 40 46% of Toy Biz in 1993. You laugh, but that's going to be an important detail. <laughs> I imagine the old, uh, yeah, the old toys were a fair money spinner. Isn't is that like the vast majority of uh, all the money that Star Wars makes is on toys? It oh, was yeah, merch. Not anymore. Really? Not anymore. Fuck, fuck all. Apparently, fuck all toys of the new uh, new wars is. Uh, there's no get, demand for it anymore. Get woke, go broke. You know. It's not just that. It's also a case of. I'd say toys in general go aren't are, well down these days. Yeah. Probably, probably uh, aren't as popular as like kids movie. nowadays. Oh, the fucking they all have phones. Like all the yeah. Zoomers are on their phones. All like. all I had. You know, for me, I fucking love Star Wars toys. Oh, I love Star Wars Lego, Unreal. God, I love, oh, I love Lego so much. Like. And imagine how much, well, how much more, because we were, we even had other games to distract us. Imagine what it was in like the seventies when Star Wars came out. Oh, yeah. You literally had your little Star Wars dolls. That was it. Yeah. Imagine. Recreating all the battle scenes. Oh man, that would great. Star Wars comics, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, this fantasy past version of me is illiterate though so I was solely resorting <laughs> to the the dolls fair, fair. probably just as well because you didn't get that dodgy version of uh, uh, fucking Jabba oh yeah like, <laughs> oh what was the comic Jabba oh, because it, it was, was a weird one like the comic was released before, before the movie, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so just, were they just based like, off the script or like a weird description I think he was like some, some fucking humanoid wasn't he he was like a yellow humanoid <laughs> uh, sure oh do you guys ever hear you know the comics so they made it you know um, alright so so George Lucas he had his original draft for the Star Wars script right? and then after massive edits he eventually came up with the actual Star Wars script that was used they made a comic of the original Star Wars script, and it's fucking weird. That's that's what this comes from. That's what the Jabba thing. Comes the Jabba from. thing comes from. Fucking yeah. hell. We need a picture of this fucked Jabba. Oh well, there's a picture of the Jabba. There's a picture of like a weird reptilian Han Solo. Uh, Why is Han Solo a reptilian? Because it's like alien Star Wars. In like draft one, it's like oh, it's all sci-fi, you know. Sure, uh, it's sci-fi already. You know. Tell, yeah. tell you what's also part of the whole sci-fi thing is uh, you know the Force. It is not like an ephemeral, um, you know, miasma throughout the universe yeah. that you tap into. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is a, is a crystal. It is a stone that you ingest, and for the time period between when you ingest it and between when you shit it out, you're able to manipulate this like telekinetic power. It's a much better. Yeah. And when you shit it out, you gotta clean it off and eat it again. Oh. And that's that's how Star Wars starts. And well, thankfully, was, there were many revisions. <laughs> thankfully, that was the edited instruction of the edited. But uh, one of the things, uh, like some of these things kept on as fucking hangovers, like fucking Starkiller Base. That's uh, uh, Starkiller was the original na- name of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it was actually more Luke Starkiller. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. Uh, pretty evil name though. Yeah. Probably why it was scratched. Yeah. Skywalker is a bit less. It's a good one, though. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, boys. Yeah. All right, boys. So, uh, fucking Prowlman and the Falco bought it. Forty-six percent of Toy Biz in nineteen eight and nineteen ninety-three. Because of uh, this purchase, 
two big players uh, join the Marvel board of directors. They'll oh. become big things later on in the story. Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter. Uh, I'll be out of Perlman uh, opens up Marvel Holdings and Marvel Parent Holdings. Can't believe I got that right. Uh, in order to spread, <laughs> I'm very proud. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> in order to spread out uh, the operating losses and uh, reduce uh, tax requirements. Good lad. <laughs> Fucking business ownership. That oh, yeah. I Very sensible option. These uh, new holdings, be, uh, these new holding companies became collateral against which she issued additional junk bonds. <laughs> Uh, you got to get that money in somewhere. Bonds are fine way to do it, you know. All right, boys. So what I've told you thus far has been uh, the boom of the late eighties and er- early nineties. Oh God, not the mid nineties. Now for the bust. Oh <laughs> God. One of the early events uh, which led to the bust of the to the bust of the comic book industry was. Uh, the founding of Image Comics. Remember yeah. how I mentioned uh, that uh, all those creators were getting unhappy? Mm. They decided to leave in 1992 and set up their own company, with, presumably with Blackjack and Pokers. Uh, uh, Image Comics was a company set up by disgruntled creators who had been working for DC and Marvel mainly Marvel, uh, and decided to strike out on their own. Young company immediately ran into issues. This is all like um, Wills Portatio and all the boys, wasn't it? uh, Who did they end up creating? Spawn Spawn was the only successful one. Well, the only one that we would remember now. Spawn was the only like mainstream successful one. Like even I would struggle to remember beyond. Who owns Spawn now? That's. I think Image still exists in some ways. Image is still taking over. They're just not very successful. Jesus. Yeah. They got a couple of movie deals. Todd McFarlane was creator. Those movies failed. Yeah, Todd McFarlane. There's there's a Spawn movie in development hell. (laughs) Now. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, with, uh, uh, Jamie Foxx attached to the lead. <laughs> As Spawn. Yeah. Spawn. Oh, actually, I can see that. Yeah. There was a... Uh, just Spawn, he's literally just all, like, costume CG. Big well, when you CG do the movie, cape. Well, well, when you do the movie fucking correctly, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, God. What's it like ordinarily? Or, well, in the, in the incorrectly 90s. done movie. In the 90s, they decided to not have him wear the mask for 90% of the film. It's like what, Judge Dredd all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Who did Judge Dredd again? Uh, what company was that? I can't recall. God damn it. I can't recall. Off the top of my head. 2000 AD, uh, I think, was the imprint. I'm not sure if that was the company. I, I'm not too familiar with British companies. Oh, yeah, it was Brit, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a big fascist message, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. But uh, so many, yeah, so many edits, <laughs> and uh, so many like us saying, "Oh, all the edits will have to be edited out," <laughs> <laughs> or left in, and this is like a microcosm of the problem. <laughs> it's going to be a choppy. Mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we apologize. Said our Brigade Twenty Four. <laughs> <laughs> Or let's let's get through this before yes. we get too drunk to even continue. Right. Uh, 
But basically, they ran into these issues because none of them had worked in business like before. They were all fucking creatives. And mm. uh, this meant that uh, they quickly encountered fucking massive delays in their comics. Uh, because they weren't used to keeping on top on top of it themselves they were used to an editor telling them constantly you need to have it done by this you need to have it done by this they're like oh we have all this freedom immediately fucks it up yeah this included their big crossover that they had been building to with fellow small creator uh, Valiant founded by Jim Shooter the crossover's name was Deathmate I didn't look into it too quickly, to be honest with you. Uh, the delays were so bad that reader interest dried up. <laughs> mm. uh, couple this with the fact that stores had bought, like, had been pre-ordering the books, which cost $4.95 each. Uh, what? Yeah. What? Oh, they, they skyrocketed at this point. Fuck me. Uh... Based on the initial demand uh, from, they they bought pre-ordered these based on the initial demand from two months before the books hit the shelves. Really interesting. Did not last that long. Uh, basically, no one ended up buying it. And in case you were thinking, oh, maybe Image and, and Marvel were. We're fucking up, but we still got DC. DC has always been a bastion of everything good. <laughs> Got over to DC, who had uh, done the Death of Superman story uh, a year previously. It promised up and down that uh, the death was permanent, no take, no take backs, gone for good. A year later, they brought him back. Uh, this is. It's not just like the four weird versions of Superman that brought That's back. That's it. They uh, actually... Well, no, that, that was the in, interim story. Okay. Yeah. So, go on. Uh, so it's that way they didn't have to sacrifice the sales of all the Superman books, Alex. Mm. <laughs> they had four Superman books and one of them took over each, I think. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What were the different Superman again? There was... You're on me, and potentially the listeners. Uh, there was Superboy, uh, Cyborg Superman. <laughs> With the moles, I believe. If memory serves. No, that's when Superman actually came back. Oh, goddamn. Only the real deal can carry the mullet, Alex. <laughs> yeah. There listeners, were... you better believe I'm working my way towards a fine mullet. <laughs> there was Steel... And there was the Eradicator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm there a topic for another time. Uh, but this led to basically the fact that Superman came back led to mass panic from the all speculators that had bought the death of Superman storyline. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, oh shit, this is going to be worth nothing. We thought it would be worth fucking everything a few years yeah. ago. Or a year ago, and I was just like, oh, go to sell it. Oh, everyone has 20 copies. They don't need to buy it. <laughs> uh, yes, I realized it was worth fucking nothing. By 1994, uh, I will begin to... I'm in the latter half of it now. 
1994, Marvel were reporting losses of uh, 48.5 million. Um, on, Jesus. Yeah. Alan Greenspan, who was the former uh, chair of the Federal Reserve, was just like, oh God, what the fuck is happening in that small industry? <laughs> <laughs> so just like instituted. Uh, basically for fear of an inflation spike instituted a rate what's called a rate hike I don't know anything about it uh, which jumped the Dow causing stock to fall rapidly uh, fuck, what the fuck would the Federal Reserve doing getting involved in comic books like? they gotta keep an eye on the industry publicly traded company like. I guess keep an eye on like the various like industries and this is one that's like dominated by like two and a small third things yeah. yeah. Or like probably a fair bit of money luck. Oh definitely, definitely. Uh Capital City Distributors, uh one of the main ones at the time. Uh kind of as a result of images shenanigans with all the delays, all those rascals, uh instituted a penalty for uh missing deadlines. This caused Marvel to set up their own distributors called uh Heroes World. Uh, we haven't heard of them in the you know 2000s I wonder what happened oh they closed in 97 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this led to Diamond Distributors who were Capital City's main competitor uh, aggressively pursuing exclusivity for Image Dark Horse and DC hmm. which they successfully got <laughs> Uh, comic book shops uh, could not afford to put out multiple orders like they were just like fucking man past orders for the most part they were just like oh no (laughs) in terms of their scale their scale like so they were just like fuck it this one guy has DC dark horse image we'll just order from him it's cheaper this this led to a a lot of smaller publishers going under mm-hmm. uh, like Defiant Eclipse in Malibu uh, also led to the death of the aforementioned Capital City distributors because no one was ordering from them anymore mm. <laughs> uh, Capital City distributor it sounds like something made up for a fucking YA novel like. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh, go. there, you there go. we go <laughs> <laughs> it's like third time's a charm <laughs> Right, boys. Uh, this left uh, Diamond as the sole distributor of every non-Marvel comic. The whole collapse of every other distributor. Every non-Marvel comic in North America. They did not have the infrastructure to support this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, our boy Perelman is still buying shit all over the place. Such as Fleer and Skybox cards in 1995. Cards. Uh, they were a company that made baseball trading cards, and their profits had bottomed out because there had been a strike for the previous season. I see. So he bought them for comparatively dirt cheap. Are baseball cards still a thing? I, I assume so. Well, this is 25 years ago, yeah, so... It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a long time ago. Do, do, do you lads remember all the fucking, like, you know, stickers? Football cards. Football yeah. cards. Yeah. I wasn't into them, but... My I remember the football cards. Like, I never got into them, because yeah. I was like, oh, football. Fuck, football. It's like, fuck shit. Uh, but... 
Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. That's, it is. That's <laughs> right. Like. My, my, my cousins were big into it. Yeah. I remember, I remember people who were like... You're in the wrong group here, T-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Raman will have my back. <laughs> Raman 57. <laughs> His number keeps changing. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you refer to it as Man Brigade like 92. <laughs> you will always be Raman 12. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, Perelman is buying shit all over the shop. Uh, but uh, on the other side, Marvel's debt now reached $700 million. <laughs> How does that compare to their income? Not well. Oh, God. Uh, Perelman convinced others to buy more junk shares worth a grand total of $900 million. But these were only backed by Perelman's own shares. What? <laughs> At the lowest Wait, point... Ju- Oh Jesus, that's messy. Yeah, and it's it, it bites them in the arse very quickly. Alrighty then. <laughs> at the low, that. yeah, at the lowest points of the crash in 1996, there were only 4,000 comic book shops open in the whole of North America, in the whole of the United States. Uh, but a direct quote from fucking our boy Perelman at the time. Uh, was so not Ron Perlman. <laughs> I am continuously pictured. Yeah, I just controlling <laughs> everything. <laughs> Ron Perlman would be very gratified. <laughs> <laughs> um, we couldn't get a handle on how much the market was driven by speculators. The people buying twenty copies and reading one and keeping the other nineteen as a nest egg. But, because uh, they had to market as though all 20 were going to different people, almost. Uh, around Christmas uh, 1996, Marvel filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Uh, they began, thus began, uh, a corporate and courtroom battle between uh, our boy Perelman, who owned 80% of the company, but, hmm? who, but whose value was all but pledged to all all those issued bonds. <laughs> uh, a corporate raider named Carl Icahn. Corporate raider, fuck good lad. He's very much a cameo. <laughs> An investor who was buying uh, Marvel bonds at 20% of their value. And the... T- and our boys from Toy Bits, uh, Adi Arad and Ike Perlmutter. Uh, chapter 11 was done partially. Uh, it, it was Perlmutter, it was, uh, sorry, it was uh, Perelman who put this into uh, interaction because he wanted to protect the company or keep it under his control. <laughs> uh, the chapter 11 was done partially to protect. Uh, Marvel and partially to block ICANN from bu- from buying the rest of the shares because as a publicly traded company he could very easily do that otherwise. Mm. <laughs> uh, in the end, the banks made their decision, uh, and Avi Arad and Ike Perlman won out because uh, 
they looked at all of Perelman's fucking junk bond decisions and were just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you, you proved to be an idiot. In 1997, they bought out the rest of Marvel, formed a new company so that they could be free of all that fucking shit, and helped make the company profitable again. And eventually sell it off to Disney. No uh, fucking further uh, complications. Mm. And the guy, who, the guy who I was thinking uh, would be popular in this podcast was good old Perlmutter. Uh-huh. He uh, apparently, <laughs> during the early stages of the MCU, he fought against having a female-led superhero film. Yeah! <laughs> Why do we need that shit? Good man. SJW. Bullshit. Get woke. Go broke. Because he simply knew what would sell and what would not. Well, no, Captain Marvel, unfortunately, was hardly proper. Yeah, well... <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was a fucking shit yeah. movie. Now, now, Disney buying up seats. Uh, <laughs> all her bullshit. Inflated sales by a Jewish communist cabal. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, and that was the comic book boom and, bu- er, boom and bust. Thank you. T-Dog. Bow wow. Yeah. Alright, um, so a bit of prelude. So in 1994, uh, Martin Cahill, known as the General, was uh, shot dead. Outside his outside his home, like Ranelagh Cowper Downs kind of area. In, in, in Ranelagh? Yeah, oh yeah. That's he, a nice area. He lives in a nice area. He had a lot of money. Uh, he, was, he was returning like a, a DVD. Uh, it might have been, no, no. It was like... 94. It was a videotape. It was definitely a videotape. <laughs> yeah. I miss it so much. <laughs> Remember how they like, you know, like rewind them uh, and it wasn't the, like, you know. Pencil put aside for it. Oh, yeah, you could <laughs> do a pencil and wind them up. Like, well, see, that. See, videos, you couldn't do that. You needed, you like, your thumb. A cassette, you could do that. Oh, they mm. had those ridges as well in videotapes, I thought. Yeah, they're too wide. Mm. Do, you, do you lads remember... Renting like PS1 games. I remember renting. Shark no, 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 no. Slim. You could rent consoles, like. Couldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could. Oh, yeah, yeah you could. Yeah. They were expensive, so my parents never did it, but I knew you could. I just remember one of my, one, one of my oh, happiest yeah. memories was my dad, like, renting out, you know, the Toy Story 2 game on PS1 for me. Oh, you know? shit. Fuck yes. Good fucking days. I, I, was, say that, I was never allowed a PS1. God, missed no. out, Sean. You missed out. God. No, okay, Slim. Do you I, you I, missed I, out. Oh, hold on. Um, everyone on the road having a PS2, and everyone on the road having that like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King game. It was a class game. Oh yeah, it was a class game. game. Everyone, everyone getting stuck on Minas Tirith, and there was like one save file that was past it that was get like copied around. <laughs> Remember, okay. I got off you, like, you got off some lad down the How road. did you get stuck in Minas Tirith? It was, was fucking... Minas Tirith? No, fucking tough I game. think it was. Was it Pelmore Fields? Yeah, I never something. I never got past Pelmore Fields. Pelmore Fields was never bad, got, like, No, I wasn't. Because no, you, no, you, you could one-hit the fucking... You could one-hit the trolls. Just, you know, those, like, spears. Yeah, but how did it happen? But it was it, an escort mission. It was the mummy kill that was the problem. 
How yeah. do you kill the mummy kill? Oh, I was confusing with, you know, the big walls outside Pernod Fields. Yeah. You know that mission? Oh, when you're like, on the walls? Yeah. Duh. No, no, this is different. You have to shoot the mummy kill with the trebuchets. No, oh, yeah. The... Hell of a bitch. The... And like some lad on Sully's road got it. And everyone's like, yeah, can I just get a copy of that same? <laughs> I, I had the same for Joe Time Splitters. Yeah. I remember one of the lads in our school, his older brother had like a class save vial of like Time Splitters where he had all the big characters unlocked. And it was like a big thing where you'd get hold of that save vial. <laughs> all the lads like fighting because everyone in our school played Time Splitters. Uh, fuck Every, everyone in Joey's, you know, <laughs> played Time Splitters. And uh, if you got hold of like Jack's older brother's save file, you could have all those class characters. We only talked about in like whispered conversations like, Spec Ops Black, you know. <laughs> the cool, like, gas mask guy who was all in black, you know. Nice. You'd only get him if you played, like, if you beat, like, the, I don't know, the, the first mission on, like, the hardest difficulty, which was far beyond anything 10-year-old lads could do, you know. Jeez, like, <laughs> <laughs> first time I even heard Time Splitters, one of went over to, um, uh, Grammy 93's house, <laughs> and he had fucking, um, yeah, like, he had one of those, you know, the, the PlayStation attachments that you could play four players instead the of two. The multi-tap. Yeah. We played I that. Never got, I never had a chance to play oh, It was fucking class. Played that. We played, like, the it whole... It took me a second to figure out Grammy 93. <laughs> yeah. We played that, like, the whole night. It was amazing. Anyway, the general. No, yeah. no, sorry. Quick question, but before... Yeah, didn't the quarantine, think we... Before the quarantine is over... Can we please have like a four-player game? Oh yeah. Do we have a console like a play? I'm sure we can get like a mod for the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big Al. This PS. Yes, baby. You won that off on a dodgy bet. He has Big Al's PS2. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Bane's story. Yeah. Now what we need is the multi-link. Well, we we'll see if we can get a. Uh, yeah, to, well, no, we can see if we can get fucking, you know, the PS4. Like, we, we can't, we can't actually. I found I can only play it on uh, T Dog's TV upstairs. Really? Yeah, fuck. yeah. That's annoying. That's why I fuck up. That's why I play it. Fuck all, because I have to go into T Dog's room, ask him for the TV, and then that's a very disappointing. So most, it's just a scarlet thing, is it? It is. It's literally just the connection on the TV is. No, no, I mean like um. A PS4 version of that game. There's just none. There's none. For Time Slayers 2? No. Time Slayers 2 is perfect. No. You could ROM it, like. Oh, you could, but getting a ROM to work is nightmarish. It is, yeah. Oh, definitely doable, though. Like, I definitely... I follow a guy who has... I think he's got every console from, like... Maybe the... Not the snares. It's like a couple of things before the snares onwards to the modern day. Snares? So, and I'm sure that'd be a bit of editing to make this all line up in a comprehensible way for the listener. But so, in 1994, uh, yeah, and I talked about that, he's re- 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 uh, returning the DVD. Okay. Returning yeah. the videotape. <laughs> yes, yeah, almost certainly it would be the fucking videotape. So he was shot, shot dead outside his home by, we're believed to be the IRA. 
uh, gun down Martin, the general. Cow. And that kind of opened things up on the Dublin scene to uh, other gangs, very ambitious and like extraordinarily young. We're talking in like mid teens people. Originally uh, stealing cars and uh, graduating very rapidly to selling drugs. Um, and it was at that early stage in like the mid 90s that uh, characters such as uh, Christy Keenan became like players and organised their own kind of big gang selling drugs. It was actually around say like 97 that Christy Keenan went to jail for the first time. Did his family have any background in organised crime? I'm not you know? certain he did. I actually don't know. Um, but he himself, I think his initial links with crime were in the kind of the early days in the mid nineties selling drugs. What age would he have been? Teenager. Oh no, no, Christian Christian at the time would have been like mid twenties. Right. Yeah. Um and he went to jail. Um he actually that first stint in prison when he was he was done for um counterfeit checks and like fraudulent checks. He refused early, uh, early bail or not early bail, early release, because he said he was pursuing his education in prison, learned Spanish and Russian, and developed links with the uh, Russian mafia and the Mexican cartels, oh. which yeah. he later used to great effect. Oh. It's a different kind of education, if you will. Exactly, exactly. The the kind of education that is prevalent in uh, organized crime, um. But it was in the aftermath of, you know, the assassination of Martin Cow that, and, you know, these younger gangs, they expanded, they expanded very rapidly and they made a lot of money. Very young gangs. And they, um, it was all going smooth sailing. But the kind of the main ones, the main gang in a south inner city Dublin. Uh, until in uh, 9th of March, in the year 2000, it was a seizure by the guards in a, a hotel inn, sorry, a holiday inn on uh, Pier Street, when uh, two kilos of coke and uh, 49,000 ecstasy tablets were seized, total value of about uh, one, one and a quarter million pounds, or punts. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, two lads were arrested at scene, and one lad was arrested just outside. He wasn't quite in the, in, in the room. He was arrested just outside the room. Mm. Uh, so, sounds familiar. Sounds very familiar to a, a certain scene in uh, Love Hate. Wandering <laughs> around like high off a fucking tit. <laughs> After ingesting like a lot of drugs. A lot, a considerable amount of drugs. Uh, that lad was named uh, by the name of Declan Gavin, and he was he was released after about twenty four hours with the guards. Um, and so the gang he was a part of split into two factions after this. One half, led by a man by the name of Brian Rattigan, believed that he was a fucking rat. He was like, no way that lad just got released. He's definitely a fucking rat. And the other half believed that he was an innocent boy, uh, led by the, I guess, the, the protagonist of this little report. man by the name of uh, Fat Freddy Thompson. Fat Freddy! <laughs> good lads! Uh, you're definitely a good lad. <laughs> Uh, so that um, that gang uh, basically split apart into what became known as the, the Crumlin Drimna feud. 
uh, claim the 16 lives uh, last for about, about 10 years. There was another lad actually very much involved with that gang by the name of Liam, Liam Byrne. But he, uh, he went to prison around that time. Was released about four, four or five years, uh, I think four years later. Jeez, some head on that. Slim. <laughs> drink it, drink it. Dear listeners. Slim. After pouring a beer. Slim, slim. Slim. The Sudanans, the Sudanans. After pouring a beer. With a water head on. Horrific luck. Um, Liam Byrne. Yeah, so Liam Byrne uh, went, uh, went to prison around this time. He would have been, he was part of the gang, but uh, he was kind of separated out for them. Uh, so this gang, they split around, yeah, the year 2000. Christy Kinnan was the, the dapper Don, as he became later on, still in prison at the time. But the lads managed to find different, different kind of supplies of drugs while all this was going on. Thankfully for them. Um, and eventually in, in March 2001, the first life of this feud was taken when uh, Declan Gavin, your man who was caught outside the room, Hotel, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, stabbed to death outside the <laughs> Abercrombie in a Crumlin shopping centre. Oh, I know that. Oh, I was going to say, it's like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that's not too far from where Slim grew up. What what a way to die. Stabbed at Africa Baba in Crumlin. <laughs> Jesus. It's a fitting end for what I assume is a complete scumbag. Oh, an utter fucking scum. Like, they, I'm pretty sure everyone mentioned in this massive fucking scumbag you can rest assured don't feel too bad whenever you hear about any of these people down. so like what was the Dublin drug scene like in like the late 90s or early 2000s uh, there was a lot of money going around there was a lot of cocaine not, <laughs> not quite hitting the, the peaks of like the mid 2000s but like say early 2000s 2001 2000 like 4, 5, 6, 7 up to 2008 it was a lot of money going around in Ireland the old, the old Celtic Tiger was doing a lot, well. A lot of ecstasy going around, you know. A lot. Could you a imagine? A lot of ecstasy. Imagine that. You know what it's like when we went to college? Oh, man. Imagine what it was like back in the old days. Slim. Now, when you were in college, you know, you had nothing but optimism going forward. You know, jobs for everyone, you know. Slim. I wouldn't have the money. I would have had heard about all these richer people doing all these drugs, having a great time. Right. I can't afford a cocaine habit. You would never see a cocaine. Just do fucking ecstasy. Just do yeah, pills. Ecstasy is a lot. Five, five pounds a pill. Grad. Was that actually that cheap? I'm sure it probably would have been well I, I actually saw loads of memes back in the day. I remember my even my cousins posting these. It was yeah. like, you know, bring back five euro pills. Fuck. And you know, now now it's like, it's commonly accepted. A pill is 10 euro. Yeah. And even even over in England, actually, it's like, you know, £10 for a pill. Sure, what was your one saying to you over release? It was like, oh, Jez, I'll, I'll, I'll have to sell you it for £10. And we were like, grand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I was like, you know, oh, like, it'll be rough, but I'll take it. Sorry, no, uh, that is uh, alleged. No pills were taken, consumed, nor no purchased. pills were purchased. This is all hypothetical. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, the main point is we are good Christian, God-fearing boys. We've never engaged in premarital sex, 
or drug abuse. <laughs> and never will. <laughs> so yeah, the drugs. <laughs> so anyway, uh, next lad who was killed by was uh, Joseph Radigan, Radigan, who was a uh, brother of Brian Radigan, the the rival to Fat Freddie Thompson. Fat Freddie Thompson, you know, being the best mate of Declan Gavin, who was stabbed outside the Aberdeen. Oh god. Like what did the Abra come up with staff think that like? They didn't think much because they were probably thinking about their next heroin hit. Like. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, actually funnily enough, uh, Brian Radican um relatively soon earlier than that had a beaten a man with a baseball bat outside that very same Ah lads, ah come on. Yeah, he, he, I think he was given thirteen years in jail for that in the end. Uh, but they took took him a very long time. He there was a, maybe 50, 50 potential witnesses to that uh, beating of a former League of Ireland player, um, <laughs> but only the player himself and the girlfriend were willing to testify. Yeah, and he tried to pay off the girlfriend with like fifty grand. She said, uh, "Fuck off," and then he says, "Like I will kill you and your boyfriend, your man and the player," uh, and she still said. Told him to flip off, like. Good fucking good, woman. Good woman. Oh, yeah. And he how how he... did it turn out for this one? Was she eventually, like, disappeared? I never heard anything in relation to her being disappeared. I don't think she was. I'll double check, and I'll check in next episode, listeners. Uh, but I think she was all right in the end, like. Okay. Good woman. Yeah, yeah fair, fair play to her. In fact, if this was like you know a love hate episode, she'd be one of the people we'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I hope fucking Nige like kills her." Yeah. <laughs> fucking fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, Brian Radican. So that that first killing in Declan Avenue was two thousand and one. In two thousand three, uh, your man Brian Radican was arrested for a shooting at Gardaí during a chase, <laughs> uh, while he was robbing a car. Uh, um. Yeah, he was getting 13 years for that. Um, but while in prison, he continued to orchestrate his gang, organise hits, and sell vast quantities of drugs. Oh, we should have got into that business, lad. Oh, fucking blast me. You know. No, we would have But once done. again, we, we are died. good. But once again, we listeners, we are good Christian boys. Mm. It doesn't, it never ends well. They're All missing. these lads die in their thirties. We don't know. We don't know. That. We don't know here, but you only hear about the lads who have like terrible ends. We don't know about all the lads who you know just quietly make a fuckload of money and then just retire after, you know, working hard in a terrible industry for like, working really hard in a terrible industry for maybe like five, ten years and then just retire quietly. I do like the fact that we only reacted to Slim. Now see, uh, Slim. The kind of the main issue is that like. You have very little control over how things turn out, because like you can you can settle in, you can work hard, you can try to make your money, but like if you're like, even just someone in your gang, gets your gang into a fucking tussle with another gang, they're like, oh yeah, he's an associate of your man, let's fucking clip him, and you're held accountable for all those things. And it's when you when I say held accountable, you're not you know indicted you're not like fined or like you lose your jobs like you are like shot while you're like walking out of the shops there's a like, gun down 
couple of it's not, bullets in the back. Yeah, like. it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not just like starting, ah, a shop, I'll, I'll, sell, I'll sell some drugs, you know. How do, many do lads, business? like, in honesty, how many lads are actually killed in, like, gangland shootings? A lot. No, a lot. Because, like, the gangs are def- they're definitely a lot smaller than you think they would be. Sorry, slim. They're a lot smaller than you think they'd be. And also, with periods of peace, only lasts, like, five years. And then there's another, like, gangland feud. Five years is a long time. We need mm. to find a way. Prism as well, though. We need to find it's a way of time stamping all these in prison. <laughs> oh, oh like, yeah. No, it'll I mean, be like, some like... like, like, like the Irish prisons are literally packed. Like, they, they can't fit any more people in them, like, because there's so many fucking drug dealers in them. Yeah. You know? Like, you will get caught. Oh, yes, yeah. I am a very soft, south-side lad. Speaking from a position of... Oh, you weren't I far wish... from a uh, good old slave that... You were part of the old crumbling Drimna feud, you know. I know this thing. Captain's just, Road, you know. Just around Captain's the corner. Captain's Road is right, Sammy. But you can sign up, lad. I'm I'm speaking from a perspective of a soft South Dublin lad who wishes there was something more for himself than a lifetime of servitude to the corporate interest. Anything, anything but that. Can I just sell drugs? Please. Just let me sell drugs anything but this endless toil for my corporate overload. My um, Jewish corporate overload. Well, see, the thing is, like, you don't make that much money selling drugs unless you're in the higher-ups. And people in the higher-ups, they're only there because... They kill people. They're pretty brutal. And they're pretty paranoid about anyone they think might want to become a higher-up. They kill them real easy, Slim. Even if they just, even if they just like don't really like them, they will come up with some excuse that like, oh yeah, they were th- killing. Oh yeah, I'd imagine I'd be killed pretty quick. Oh, we so all, we all would be like, you know, so he's not, he's not a very like north side lad, you know, or he's he's a bit posh, you know. Yeah. He's definitely a fucking like rat. can't be trusted, like just like yeah, have him. He like, he's know, soft. Have, he would fold. Have him just have have his throat slit next time he's coming out of the fucking like you know. Cinema, I'm sure that's how my life would end. Oh, yeah. But it'd be better than my current existence. <laughs> but you're with the boys, Yeah, oh, we'd all be shot down as well, like. But anyway, anyway, so, um, so from 2001 to 2009 was basically the extent of the uh, the old Crumlin Drimna feud. It was kind of a tit for tat killing back and forth. Um, a fair few of the guns were supplied, so. Fat Freddy Thompson, he was able to align himself very closely with Christy Keenan. Christy, the dapper Dan Keenan, um, who after he got out of jail uh, in about 2004, he went to Spain, went around the Costa del Sol, set himself up there as basically a, a drug wholesaler um, in Europe. I'm um, curious, how did he get the name Dapper Dan or do you know? Looking well. And Freddie Thompson slash Liam Burns gang was basically his extension in Ireland. Um, and Freddie Thompson, uh, Fat Freddie Thompson, um, to give him his proper title. Oh, yes. Uh, basically worked both in Spain and in Ireland, killing a lot of people. And extending the the grip of the Keenans down, uh, Brian Radigan, Radigan and his 
gang, his faction of the gang, where slowly but surely it's killed off, basically. Um, and then in 2009, so there are two pe- there are two men events actually that happened both in 2009. So a man by the name of Anthony Cannon, who was like a higher up in the Radican gang, uh, he was shot several times in the head. Uh, and by which was like taken out of the equation <laughs> and Brian Radcliffe himself was finally convicted of the murder of uh, Declan Gavin and for you know the aforementioned stabbing outside the Abercabra yeah, well, it was like 10 years later oh yeah oh it took a while to get him like how, how the fuck did they get him in the end uh, I'm not certain I'd imagine witnesses finally I'd say it's a weird mix of Gardy trying to get witnesses to come forward and like Fat Freddy Thompson trying to get witnesses to come forward. Uh, he's just gotten in the end. He's just got, uh, convicted of it and he was sentenced to 17 years in prison. And then uh, about five years after that, he was uh, convicted of organising drug deals from prison after uh, links were found between his phone that was he had on him in jail uh, with a seizure of heroin in a house in Dublin uh, and it was it was it was just, it was uh, decided then that he was involved in that whole drug deal obviously and he was uh, given I think he got no he got life in prison for Gavin and he got another 17 years on top of that Jeez. he was just he was in there for okay. is he still in prison now? yeah he fucking is uh, he's known as uh, King Rat Brian King Rat Rat again. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it, he's the man in charge of Port Leach Prison. Why is he in charge? <laughs> For the exact same reasons he became in charge back in like 2001. Apparently not. He's unconstitutional. Mm. He's fucking not. He's a fucking animal, like. You yeah. Know? He's actually the rat. King Rat. King Rat. Well, that's just because of his name. Yeah, yeah. I don't oh, think he was actually a rat. Yeah. Just whenever you fucking say Ratkin on, on Patreon, it's the fucking uh, bad guy from the Great Mouse Detective, this giant Disney. Oh, yeah, Ratkin. <laughs> Ratkin's a good man. <laughs> With uh, FIFO? Is that the Great Mouse Detective? No. no, that's American Tale. Great Which is Ma- the Great Mouse Detective? It's a mouse version of Sherlock Holmes. And it's fucking class. I used to it watch is it. Cool. It, was, it was on The Den, wasn't it? I only watched it recently. Was it a show? Oh. Yeah. Ooh, I need a... No, it was a film as well. Like... I, mm, I'd heard that in relation to a film. Yeah. So yeah, with the uh, imprisonment of Brian Radican and the death of the good Anthony Cannon. Was the what, end what, what was his nickname? Like Brian Rash Radican? Uh, I think Rat. at the time, no, it wasn't King Rat until much later on, and he became like boss of like poor leash prison and stuff. Nice. Um, no, at the time, I think I don't know what his written nickname was, but it was around that time that a uh, Fat Freddy Thompson got the name Fat Freddy. <laughs> How fat was he? He's a pretty pudgy fucking guy. Yeah. He did later on. Um, Start giving out to people and uh, 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 ranting when he was called Fat Freddy, and he lost a considerable amount of weight. Uh, that, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, 
Once you have that name, you can't go back. <laughs> all, 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 all of them it's like, a good name. All of them are tabloids and everything. Oh, it's like, God. Fat I like the sun. The alliteration. Fat friend. Oh, I will admit, like, the tabloids, like the sun and the mirror, it's like, they were, like, good sources for this, uh, for the old topic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, once, uh, once those two were out of the picture, the uh, crumbling Drimna feud kind of petered out. Uh, in the end, it came claimed about sixteen murders, and uh, scores of, like beatings, stabbings, shootings, and uh, pipe bombs. <laughs> it was a it was a bloody time for such like a small area of the city. Like, uh, it's pretty fucking. Yeah, Drimna's that's pretty close to Crumlin, isn't it? Yeah, it's real fucking it's close. Like west of Crumlin or something. Yeah. You see, it was because like all these they were all in a gang together because they're all locals. So, yeah, they're all just mates, cousins, stuff like that. Like. Like Liam Byrne, who was one of the one of the higher ups in this, like, was originally Christy Keenan's gang, and then once he headed off to Spain, you know, um, Radican and uh, fucking Thompson's gang, mm. and they were mates, they were cousins, they were relatives, all this kind of stuff, all in gang together, and it was over this man Declan Gavin, whether or not he was a rat, it kind of split apart, but they were all still locals and mates. Would have been had they not the been like part, shooting yeah. at it for the next decade, but uh, at the end of the decade, the vast majority of the supporters of Radigan had been killed off by Thompson. Uh, ten years of him fluting back and forth from like Dublin to Spain to kind of maintain that link, hunting down and killing all his potential rivals while being on the run himself. Uh, it was a, I'd imagine, pretty stressful. But uh, no, he, he managed it well. Good old uh, Fat Freddie Thompson. Um, and yeah, from like for the next like six years, that whole gang expanded pretty well without um, kind of right unchecked, basically, by police and by rivals. There was a massive um, operation called Operation Shovel by like the Spanish police. Picked up like a load of them in Spain. But uh, so Fat Freddy survived that. Most of the higher up survived that, uh, and it kind of left things very much stripped back. When you say survived that, does that we're, mean the guys, the lower level guys, didn't survive or just were arrested? Oh, was arrested. Sorry. Okay. Oh yeah, they were like wiped out by like Spanish police. I was going down. I, I, I was picturing, unfortunately, I was picturing like you know Spanish SWAT like mowing these Irish guys down. Mm. Like, why can't it be like that? <laughs> unfortunately, not. Why no. can't they just? Killed it. <laughs> yeah. No, unfor- unfortunately, they uh, they they lived it, but they're um, yeah, they were just locked up and stuff. But uh, actually, fucking fat- human rights. God. We'll get to that later in this episode. <laughs> no, they were very much a mistake. Um, fat Freddy, I believe he was in Amsterdam at the time. He spent a long time. He spent a while being extradited between like Spain and Amsterdam and Ireland uh, for various things. A lot of like criminality. Um, like he must accept his lad as a scumbag and put him in prisons. Mm, he was no. an entrepreneur. Yeah, the, the European Court of Human Rights. God damn it. You'd, you'd appreciate it as well if you were, you know, a drug smuggler. But I'm not a drug smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> we can we so <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but in, in this time, you know, uh, you know, after Operation Shovel, 
Um, there was a bit of suspicion on Fat Freddy because he wasn't picked up in this. And he was able to say, it's like, fucking, I was way out of it. I was in Amsterdam at the time. Uh, but he was still kind of pushed out, to, out of the loop in many things. He was a bit less trusted. So he kind of went back to Dublin and kind of sorted out his own kind of... Uh, reassert himself as kind of a local gang as opposed to just kind of the go but not to what he, he was suspected as being a rat in this I, it's a bit because, it's he, a bit because he wasn't picked up like. yeah he wasn't picked up in Operation Shovel by the Spanish police and I wouldn't say he was suspected as being a rat but he was kind of pushed out to the outer rim of influence he wasn't it's weird I feel like had he been suspected of being a rat he would have just been clipped but surely he would have been too high up to be just been just casually killed off like no they would they would not if if there was any suspicion he would have been a rat uh, he would have just been killed who who were like people so, on his level though I haven't heard okay, any names so, that were you know on his level so at the time there was uh, so the head book cat was was uh, Chris Keen the Daffer Don uh, below him and he kind of retired vaguely around this time and he passed on the reins to um, I'm with the name of, uh, uh, oh, sorry, his son, uh, Daniel, sorry, yeah, Daniel Keenan and Christopher Keenan Jr., his sons. And directly below them were Fat Freddy Thompson and a man by the name of uh, Gary Hutch. Ah, all familiar names. Yeah. Um, Freddy Thompson, he was very, he's a bloody manly guy, he was very reckless. Um, at times, he was believed to be a bit of a liability. Uh, mm-hmm. And after Operation Shovel, he was kind of uh, pu- pushed out to the outer rim of influence. He was kind of, he was sent back. He wasn't inclu- He wasn't given the higher up position in decision-making and operations like he had been. Uh, yeah, probably not because of any suspicions, but more because he, he had that. He was a liability. Yeah, right. probably, yeah. I think like this is all stuff I've been able to glean from like fucking red tops and stuff. It's real. It was, I I had a tough time finding like the inner workings yeah. of like the decision making of the fucking drug cartels in like Spain. Why are they more public about it? Yeah. It'd be impossible to find concrete information at this kind of thing yeah. unless someone turns and writes a novel or something, you know. Mm. This night can be it. It's fucking Paul McWilliams, like. Um, so he had home. He set up his own, not set up his own game. But I guess reasserted himself on on the Dublin gang scene. He would um, he'd have beatings and cuttings of gangs that would refu- refuse to sell him drugs. Uh, people that owed him like two or three hundred quid, he would like butcher. Erd not from butcher. He would like cut them up go after their families, cut their families up, stuff like that. He he was definitely proving himself to be a liability. Uh, but this is in like the 2010s, 2012s, up to kind of guts of the recession. Um, it kind of, I'm not going to say it went under the radar, but it didn't get him clipped like. He did okay. At that time, there was a fair bit of money. Like in like in 2010, Gardaí Siege, it was from a storage locker in Kildare. Uh, they seized an AK-47, a load of ammunition, about uh, 700,000 euros worth of coke, and like two shoulder-mounted um, rocket launchers. In <laughs> what, fucking. Uh, what did they possibly need them for? 
Why wouldn't you? Because I, I don't even know. Like, because hand gloves would do so just the amount. Like what? Like, who are you trying to kill? Like yeah. you know. <laughs> because but it needs to be known that they had this tech. They were like, you do not rep- mess like it the, does, the it extension. Does do something that, like, you know, the extension. Oh, you, the you don't fuck with these guys. They know? can like blow up houses. If, they, if they're able to take pictures, even just take pictures, you know, a few of the lads that they know. Yeah. Balakov is on, fucking those weapons in their hands. If they're able to take the kind of picture, you know, they can blow up a house. Yeah, fair enough. If they're able to take pictures with those weapons in the open, maybe they get worse. Maybe they have access to more bombs. Maybe they have more kind of influence in terms of like you know smuggling or just you know weapon smuggling in general. That just means that lads you should take seriously. You know? Propaganda value. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But how many handguns do you get for like the price of a? No, sorry. They don't, <laughs> they don't have a bottleneck in the number of fucking handguns they can get. It's like. too big. They oh, get oh, so many. Like. How funny it would be if they shot down some guard of fucking helicopter. <laughs> That'd be pretty hilarious. Like, yeah, they... I mean, it'd they, be awful, they, but like... They, no, no, no. In fairness, they'd be shut down within like two days. Yeah. If they ever did that, but... I mean, <clears throat> hopefully... Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they certainly they, they certainly wouldn't. Last. It would attract a fair bit of attention. They they wouldn't last a week, but they'd make a fucking big statement. Ah, oh, jeez, yeah. mm. fucking hell. Yeah, like whenever crime tries to like fight back against the, the system, force, the, the forces of law, the state, yeah, oh yeah. Like the, and, and, and the very few times they win. Oh, the it's, law... It's worth it, you know? The law comes down hard. Yeah. I mean, like, say the time in Mexico when, like, they, um... What was it? El Capo's son? Where, where they, um... The Mexican police arrested? Like, they didn't intend to arrest him, okay? There was, like, a drugs raid. He happened to be in the house. They arrested him. They were like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is, like, the biggest cartel leader's son... Yeah. He's demanded to be released. Um, when they didn't release him, the town was invaded by the hotels. You know, streaming in, you know. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Why did the lads not, like, hold the town? What happened? Like? They just gave in. What? They, 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 they just gave I, I think he was held in a police station. The hotel was stormed. Oh, what? <laughs> I think it, it, it ended in a ceasefire. The police were like, no, just, just take it back. Just take it back. It's not worth it. It's not fucking worth it. Fucking South America, like, you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they just had such influence and power. The fucking cartels, like. Back to uh, Dublin or Scumbag Break. Oh, Dublin yeah. Scumbag Thankfully, we're not on Mexican levels yet. Yeah. We did have the lads like hacking up and like skinning the lad. Do you remember? What, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're making then, our Eventually, way. We, we, we will have like skinned bodies hanging from the M50. Yeah. Eventually, it will be better for us to actually sign up with the cartels than get actual jobs. Like some, <laughs> some, some hopeful day. Yeah. Like, like when one of us is like, right, lads, got a job with the cartels. You know, we're all like, fuck yeah. It's like that's we're untouchable sol- now, you know. Solid position. Yeah, you know, God. landlords can't touch us, <laughs> or they will be skinned alive. It's like we will never be able to rent a normal house. 
But if you ever do rent house, <laughs> the landlords will never be able to evict it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so. Uh, so a lot of money is being made um, right up until, you know, say like the mid 2010s, everything's going like smooth sailing. Um, and then uh, Gary Hutch, uh, he's a nephew of um, the monk, uh, Jerry Hutch. Uh, Jerry the monk Hutch. Uh, it was a, a noted um, armed robber. And what gang was, like, what relation would he have been to Fatray and the, the, the Kinnons? Which? Um, Hutch. 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 No, no relation. Uh, monk? Monk? Monk Hutch? The Monk Hutch. No, no, no relation. Um, like, by blood. Um, he, would, he would have had, there would, there would have been the Hutch gang. And they would have controlled, you know, a chunk of the dr- drug trade, mm. uh, as you do. How did you get the nickname? The Monk. The Monk. Oh, well. And it was given to him because when, he was in prison for quite a while. And when he em- emerged, he had a very, like, disciplined, ascetic lifestyle. And very little excess, that kind of thing. Uh, kept himself very like clean cut, uh, and that earned him the nickname the monk. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, might have been Veronica Gearin who gave that to him before she was oh. killed. Who? <gasps> yeah, actually, the the Gearin whole situation. What year was that? Actually, that oh, that was like eighties. That, that would have been eighties. The generals time. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, generals. Who the, who the Fuck killed Veronica Yearn actually. Who called that in? Like, oh, I'm not certain. Because that was, was like the, the Viper. That was at the height of like you know the drug, the Dublin heroin epidemic. You know when things were like. You mean you mean there isn't a heroin epidemic now? <laughs> well, not compared to what it was like. Oh God. Like how like we didn't live through the worst. Like, like the. the the 80s. Oh, God. Bad. Dublin in the 80s were bad. The heroin epidemic in Dublin in the 80s was apparently... Well, this is just based on what my uncles, fucking my parents, and even my bosses have talked about. It's like, it was fucking so bad. Like, it was fucked, like, yeah, just uncontainable. Like, like we got a lot of Junkies, one of those streets. Uh, uh, annoying people. Um, oh, yeah, fucking like, genocide them all. I will happily gladly. Like, but what? They, it was like, they were about three times as much as them back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Child's play compared to them. Like. It's uh, pretty terrifying. Imagine that many fucking junkies. Not only that, there was like less cops to worry about them. But not only that, less cops and also more corrupt cops. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was Martin Cal. Was it? Yeah. Who clipped? Uh, well, not who ordered oh, like. I'm not certain now. But um, but yeah, from what I've very rapidly googled here, Gilligan drug gang members: Charles Bowden, Brian Mean, Kieran Muscles for Concanon, Paul Mitchell, and Paul Ward. Uh, were the main organisers in her it was was that was that just in the movie or was that real life where like it was two lads pulled up on a bike beside her I'm not certain I, 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 that's I, what I heard that's what I've heard anyway yeah. that was yeah yeah I, I, I assume I imagine it was but you can have a lot of people involved even yeah. if 
only a couple of people like one getaway one shooter actually pull like, the trigger like yeah that. like we're like there's a murder later on where there's you know there's one car with a driver and a shooter and there are three spotter cars yeah fair enough kind of so like it would be actually worth watching never oh, that's fucking class yeah. the general yeah uh, Veronica Guerin I haven't, but, seen, I haven't seen that one. That, that's really cool. Good. I've seen, I think I've seen that movie years ago. I've forgotten that lot. Yeah. I should have re- watched it in uh, anticipation of this uh, recording. Yes. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, let's go back to the topic. Sorry, yeah, uh, where was I? Oh, feel free to uh, edit this. So oh, many, sorry, yeah. So many rants. Oh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> like, oh, worth what? Coming up on two and a half hours. Like, thankfully, the Jews have been spared. So far, <laughs> mostly yeah, they, they no, will not be. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll make up for lost time. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, so Gar- Gar- Gary Hutch, he was a uh, very high up, n- directly below kind of the chief operating executive version uh, equivalent in the kind of Keenan guy, uh, Daniel Keenan, son of uh, Christy Keenan, the Dapper Don. Uh, he was directly below him and he got in an argument with him over money and I tried to shoot him and he failed and there was at least one witness Daniel Keenan himself and so uh, your man Gary uh, yeah Gary Hutch went on the run didn't quite get away with it Aww. yeah he uh, so Derry Hutch the monk had to step in and kind of organise a um, am- amnesty and paid off the Canaan's with two hundred grand. You might see, you might that might sound like not that much for an assassination attempt, and you'd be right, because uh, maybe five months after that was agreed, the Canaan's um, clipped Gary Hutch. He was he was living in the Costa del Sol as they're all oh. living in the Costa del Sol. <laughs> he was making his way back from like a morning run. And uh, he found like the gate locked. He's like, oh, "What the fuck?" And then there are a gunman waiting for him. Like, shot, chased him around a pool and like shot him down, oh, killed him. Um, and that and so yeah. Um, <clears throat> riding back from his run, uh, Gary Hutch, nephew of uh, Jerry Hutch, Jerry the Monk Hutch. Um, he thought he was safe because his uncle had paid off that. 200 grand and like sorted the amnesty for him from having tried to like kill the son of like Christy Keenan madness why he thought he had gotten away with that but anyway uh, this is a number of months later he arrives back from his run multiple gunmen waiting for him he tries to like flee like around the pool and he just gets a gun down shot in the head um, and he dies and the Keenans they're like cleaning the house so, like, took care of him and Fat Freddy Thompson, he's back in Dublin and he's causing trouble. He's being his usual, like, reckless, vaguely psychotic self. He's like slicing up people who owe him like owe him like very small amounts of money. Like in the hundreds of euros kind of thing. Um being a real Huey power about the whole thing. Um and he's largely believed to be next on the on the list on on for like the chopping block, and they're like, all right, we're just get this guy. He's too reckless. He's very violent. We just need to get rid of him. Uh, but before things are organized to take care of him, um, 
on the uh, what what exactly is the day on the about five months after the fact uh, after the killing of Gary Hutch two men dressed as E.R.U. Oh waltz into the old uh, Regency Hotel just down the road just down know? the road from uh, this current location um, with a pair of fucking AK-47s uh, and they kill uh, David Byrne brother of Liam Byrne who had been a member of the gang since like 97 and been high up in the gang since 97 attempting to kill the son of Christy Keenan uh, Daniel Keenan who uh, had been like head operations guy Failed to kill him. Killed the brother, David Byrne. Um, I kicked off the Keenan Hutch feud. That is still going on to this day. Um, and it was then that the Keenans realised, like, you know what? We need a psychotic or, you know, psychotic murdering killer on our books <laughs> who had spent... Uh, the from like 2000 to 2010 like a full decade killing off his rivals and avoiding being killed himself uh, and they basically handed over on the ground operations and on the ground logistics to fat freddie thompson to kill off all the Hodge associates and in the next eight years seven years he killed off eight people um Six of them were family members, like nephews, brothers of uh, the monk, uh, associates of the monk. A uh, couple of them were cases of mistaken identities, but he, uh, I'd be very willing to bet he didn't lose very much sleep over that. Uh, he did a good fucking job. So he killed off eight people. They lost two in return. The whole time. While that, all that was going on, I was hearing all these like news articles. Oh, another killing in the, the Hutch Keenan feud. I was like, oh my god, this is awful. I didn't realize it was so, it was incredibly one sided. The Keenans were just killing off the Hutches. Like. I actually just missed, I just missed one of those actually. I was working in, um, yeah, Marigold Lane down by Thomas Street and I had to go, so I was cycling. Mm-hmm. To East Wall every day. So it's down Marlborough Lane, down got down to the cycle of Liffey mm. and uh, This is when you're working in double corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I had to so I had to go past this crash. Mm. Right. And that's where the shooting happened, like, you know. Oh fucking hell. I don't know <laughs> was he picking up his kid from the crash or something? But like, yeah. He was like shot outside a crash, like you know, just on that road. Jesus. Yeah. Who, who was him? Don't know. I can't. Some lad, I don't know. Don't know. It was so. It was one. It was at the height of the feud, like in 2016, yeah. 2017, or something yeah. like that. You know. Yeah. Jeez, like, I missed it. I missed about ten minutes. Mm. Just going, going by, and ten minutes, ten minutes later, bam. You know, like next morning, the whole area just cordoned off. You know. Do, do, you, do you remember the Viper? Yeah, Martin he, Foley. Yeah, he was uh he was shot just in range. You know the uh, fucking Carlisle gym. Yeah, he's good man. I, I was I was cycling back from the uh, blank blank. Sorry, the uh, uh, blank blank house. And you know, uh, big nipples house. <laughs> big ni- big big nipples house, and uh, all these guys around the Carlisle. You know, they were like, you know, yeah. You're gonna have to find a new way home. And we're like, oh god. 
we were like 14 or whatever you know like didn't know the other way home the only way home was to like captain's road mm. <laughs> all these are like dodgy rounds so we have to go to like scumbag areas but anyway we survived and we were like jeez yeah that, that was my only rush with like organized crime except for the pipe bomb at the top of our room Oh, sorry, the nail bomb. I was into whose house was that again? Can't you know remember. the one that was right beside you know the eighty three bus stop. Yeah, top of our road. Yeah, it was usually that house. Was, right uh, I remember that being bombed there for a while. Like, yeah, it was just it got nail bombed. Yeah. Who who whose was that house? Though? Don't know actually. Some lads. Don't know. All I know was that the, that whole. I remember my, my mum and dad like for years telling me, "Oh yeah, Captain's Road, you know." It's like, Slim. You will never play with those people. <laughs> never play with the boys from Captain's Road. Slim me one of the famous. And I mean, fairness, I never wanted to because yeah. I thought they were always fucking scumbags. Like. They, were, they were the type to fucking torture cats, like. Exactly, yeah. I was just, I didn't want to. Fucking wanna, psychopaths, like. Even like, you know, the lads I considered, like the kind of hard, dodgy lads on my road. Mm. Didn't want to go near them, like. Yeah. I, it, it came up in my research. I found like a reference like Captain's Road. It's like, ah, yes, those scumbags. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking Captain's Road. There was a too, absolutely bunch of Too close to coming, you know. Uh, Dodgy bastards. Where, whereas Gunnel Slim was just close enough for Terry Years. Mm. Avoid that. It's like the likes on those. Like, they were like generations. Like, your man, I mentioned a couple of times, um, Liam and David Byrne. David Byrne, who was killed in the Regency shooting. Um, their dad... They, they, so they were cousins of Fat Freddy's. And their dad was, what, a senior lieutenant? In that kind of directly under him uh, lieutenant role of Martin, the general Cadillac. Like that whole fucking captain's road, like they're fucking crumbling, like they're in with it, like dodgy as fuck. I mean, I'm hoping none of our listeners are from that area. And have if you hold, are, hold if you a are, grudge. I'm sorry, you're probably a nice person, but the unfortunate side of it is you're also probably a scumbag. But like, <laughs> we're taking a bet. Very good. And. Uh, so at this juncture, Fat Freddy, uh, Fat Freddy Thompson, uh, is in his element. He's killed, you know, his men have killed uh, what eight or ten people. In of the Hutch gang, in return, the Hutch gang has killed like two of their. It's been a fairly big. Slug. I always remember it being a very one-sided yeah. affair. You know, mm-hmm. he like, I didn't even realize it until I was researching it. But like the Hutches, they the local drug dealing gang. But by the most part, like. Jerry the Hutch, he was retired. He had been retired for years. And the Keenhins were at what the height of their power. What, what age was he, actually? What age was well, What, what, 60s? Really, yeah. Like, he was... He made his... Uh, he made his money in, like, armed robberies in, like, 80s, 90s kind of thing. Jesus like, he was... Don't, he was happily retired when his nephew... Like, his nephew, he wasn't even, like, the head of a gang. He was... A second in command of the Keenan's gang kind of thing. <clears throat> it was a fairly yeah, it was a one-sided fucking slaughter slash route. Um and things like to continue that way. Uh, but in 2016, uh Freddie 
Fat Freddie Thompson orchestrated the killing of a man by the name of uh, uh, David Dahi Douglas. Uh, he was an ex-IRA man who got involved with the Hutch gang. Uh, and he was killed in the shop with his wife uh, in July 2000. And, uh, 2000 uh, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, yeah, sorry. July 2016. Uh, there was one gang, one car uh, with two shooters in it. And there were three spotter cars. Keep watch for any associates of his, any police, that kind of thing. Uh, and Freddie, Fat Freddie Thompson, he wasn't one of the shooters, he was one of, he provided logistical support, he organised the whole thing as he had organised the vast majority of the killings on the Keenan side of things. And he uh, provided the getaway. He was driver in the getaway car, it's believed. And unfortunately, all good things must come to the end, come to come to an end. Oh, Freddie, no, yeah. no. What, he, what happened? He was convicted of uh, his pretty major part in the killing of uh, Dahi Douglas. DRA man. Yeah. XRA man, then Hutch man. Did the RA not step in? Nah, they give a shit. Your man got popping drugs, all that kind of stuff. He was like, yeah, like he was involved in the IRA back in the old days, like. And then by what, what, 2016, like... What 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 age would this guy have been? 50s. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how, how do they catch Freddy, do you know? Forensic evidence in the yeah. cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, also CCTV... Yeah, forensic evidence of him in various cars that were involved in the event... And CCTV of him meeting with the people who actually carried out the shooting, uh, tied in with conspiracy to the orchestration of the shooting. God damn. Yeah, he was sentenced to um. What's the actual numbers? Yeah, she was sentenced to life in prison on the thirtieth of August, twenty eighteen. <clears throat> uh, and that's basically the end of his story. He started um insulting and uh, ranting at any of the members of the prison service who called him Fat Freddy, maintaining that he had lost considerable weight and that it was no longer an accurate uh, nickname. Um, he, but he also ended up having to sit down with his old his old rival, uh, Brian King Rat Ratigan. Who he, was still in prison. Like. Who was sti- still in prison. <laughs> From being convicted of the murder of, uh, was it David Gannon? Gavlin? What the fuck was that lad's name again? It was so far in the past. <laughs> uh, Declan Gavin, all those years ago. Um, he was still in prison for that and for the drug deals he orchestrated while in prison. But he had managed to scrape his way to head of Port Leash Prison, where uh, Fat Freddy was headed to. So Fat Freddy, they, there was a, a sit down was able to be orchestrated between the pair of them to basically buy himself pass- safe passage in into Port, Port Leach. Yeah. Fucks. Yeah. Apparently the prison servants were like outraged. They're like, how are like the criminals like deciding who gets to go where? God damn. All this kind of stuff. Because like, like, don't they have to like separate all the different fucking gangs yeah. in prisons? Yeah. Otherwise just, there will be a lot of killings. 
They do, yeah. Oh God, lads! Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, in the end, the um, so the Keenan feud, which is like a massive in the recent news, it caused about twenty deaths and about sixty arrests. That's not that bad, actually. Uh yes, twenty deaths, but it's fairly terrifying for the locals when, like, mm. people like there were plenty, there were a number of people who were just caught in crossfire and like killed due to mistaken identity. And also, like, if, like, say, ten houses down the road, someone was just, like, going down. It's like, and the body just, like, in, like, on the path. You'd be talking about it for a while. Yeah, it'd be in the paper. There was somewhere. definitely some lad in Spain as well who was, like, shot. But it was some lad on, like, holiday who, like, looked like the guy they were after. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the two um, mistaken identities. Yeah. That uh, fat Freddy claims. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, so the yeah the uh, few twenty twenty deaths, that many arrests, and the uh, Crumlin uh, Drimney feud claimed sixteen deaths and only four arrests, which is probably fucking weak sauce compared to what a lot of the fucking cartels have. Mm. Oh god, the cartels, yeah. The cartels, lads. Cartels wipe out towns, lads. Yeah. In fairness, you can't compare. Stringing them up on the fucking highway. Oh, yeah. See, so, so the cartels can disappear. Like, they control, like, vast ways of the country. Whereas we don't have enough country for anyone other than the Gardaí or, like, the fucking city. Like, the, the local, very localised gangs to control. Like. But, Thankfully, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, after the excitement of the, uh, the the trials and tribulations of Fat Freddy Thompson, who eventually wound himself up in prison, um, I do have a, I guess a, a fun factor, a fun little story. Um, so, anyone who's listening to this, you probably watched a bit of bit of the old love hate at some stage. You might remember the the death of. John Boy. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, that is very reminiscent of one killing I found uh, by the a man by the name of Martin Marlowe Highland. Uh, he's a man of the Dublin drug scene in around like Fingless Cabra kind of area. Uh, very, very messy. Attracted a lot of attention to a uh, gangland Dublin. Um, and then one day, uh, he was he was asleep in bed. It's very early in the morning. A couple of people knocked on the door of his house, and uh, a kind of a, an apprentice plumber who was working there one morning who let them in. Thing is, open the door. Thing is, oh, it's my boss coming in to check on me. It was it was in fact two gunmen. Um, they walked in. They kind of held him down at basic gunpoint. Uh, one of them held him. One of them walked upstairs. Uh, killed Martin Island. Uh, Mar- sorry, Marlowe and uh, shot him in the head multiple times and then as they were leaving they killed the apprentice plumber as well why did they kill the plumber? he could uh, he could potentially identify them for Sully. sake oh. and they marched out and uh, hopped into a getaway car driven by most people believed to be a man by the name of Eamon Dunn so uh, Martin Highland's gang was then taken over by one uh, Eamon Dunn um, that it, it struck me as very reminiscent of 
the plot of, uh, that po- plot of love hate mm. where the underling orchestrates the assassination of his boss because he gets a bit too um a bit too excessive a bit too flamboyant and a bit too uh, attractive of the, hey. the guards hey. Mitch is a good man a good man yeah 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 nice family man oh yeah um well see unfortunately the next thing that Eamon Dawn does is he becomes very prolific in his killings and very brutal attracts a lot of attention on gangland Dublin and gets clipped by the Canaan's off in Spain and that happens about kind of 2010-2011 kind of time uh, he gets killed off and I very much hope that's not what happens to Midge <laughs> Because I'd be very disappointed. We're we're currently having a rewatch of the old love hate. And I, I can't quite remember what happens to Nidge. Because mm. it's been quite a while. So fingers crossed. Uh, and Martin I'll, they're all very interconnected. The Highlands, the Duns, all the gangs. Uh, during the fe- the the Crumlin Drimna feud. The fact, Freddie Thompson, he, a lot of his guns were supplied by Highland and after Highland, done. And I just thought that was quite interesting. It all connects in, into itself. Anyway, I reckon there's a good place to end it. So, thank you. And I hand us over to the lovely, beautiful Slim. So yeah, this is uh, Slim with the uh, the jury corner oh, over no. here. Yeah, we're moving oh, into you. are moving into usury. We're moving into uh, blood sacrifice. We're moving into the domination of the world. Natural. So we're moving like you know away from these kind of you know more geographic and uh, local topics. We're moving into the more important things. We're moving into the very nature of existence. We're moving into the important things. This is Seven Cans Deep. You're talking to Slim. And we're talking about the international jury. <laughs> anyway, I'm finished. This has been uh, Slim signing off. And uh, in future, you can look forward to it in a greater in-depth detail. Next week, I intend to look upon uh, the, 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 the medieval opinion of jury. Ah. How, and how such early examples of Christianity could sniff out such sicknesses within the human soul. That's, that'll be very, very interesting. It'll be very uh, educational. Very exactly, educational, exactly, yeah. you know, How such early and uneducated people could instinctively know how a sickness crept at the heart of humankind. Mm. And uh, how far how far away we were from eradicating this illness. Question, son. How do you intend to keep safe from the international jury between now and next time? We shall protect them. We, we we can only hope that we manage to keep this private. Mm. Or well, we are literally releasing it on a public podcast. <laughs> no one will know our uh, private names. Yes. We Assuming will, we edit this. It will be heavily edited. <laughs> there will be many a, a segment where um, it will be like, the God damn you, Slim. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, right now, I need to go to bed. Yeah. It is ten past four. That is. And uh, Slim, we're waking up in uh, 
Five hours. Well, you have to be up in five hours. So. Yeah, I'll be up in five hours. Will you really? And you'll be up in five hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Let's go to sleep. Yeah, well, yeah. Are you for real? Yeah. Yeah, because I see you guys. Five hours. Yeah, we'll be waking up. You, you better believe it. What? Yeah. Anywhere. And uh, listener, uh, next week I'll be uh, checking in with some um, what I hope to be entertaining stories about like other scumbags in Ireland. Potentially politicians is what I have my current eye on. Um. Tina Oak. Sorry. Do you have any uh, any guess, or are you gonna leave leave a listener in suspense? Rough idea opens a change is to still focus on cape shit, but uh, potentially more fucked up and stupid stories involved in the actual writing of the cape shit. What what does involve rape? Please, please say yes. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Alright, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm awful. Like the wasp deserve everything she got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was she ready to eat? No, she no, was, no, she no. was eaten alive. Yes, only eaten alive. She's only beaten and eaten alive. Yes. Well, we I mean, assume eaten alive. That's better than rape, is it? Um, barely. barely uh, yeah. Right, Sully. Ah, we'll see what the Germans got up to get up next week. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, a strange time for Germany, like nineteen thirty nine to nineteen thirty five. And uh let's uh, forget good old Sweet innocent I'll be looking at um the, the foul practices of the Jews. Like in the medieval <sighs> times. Is this kind of a just become the Jew podcast? Well, it's going to ah. become the Jew segment. God yeah. damn it. But you got the German segment, the Jew segment, the Cape shit segment, and the Irish scumbag segment. That's a very, very... It's like... Varied, but... Basically, unmonetizable. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. so fucking weird, like... Hey, we have my segment that's part of It's so... Niche. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh, God. Did you get into this to make money? To make, like, podcast money? Hey, I put effort into that Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I... Well, I hey, I ate the shit out of that chicken. No, I don't pause it, yeah. I had a good time with that fucking chicken. I'm sure you did, baby Al. Jesus. Oh, God, there'll be so much fucking editing of, like, editing in our fucking names. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we go there. Well, listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And hopefully, you drank along with us. Uh, I hope to God you did. (laughs) I didn't listen to anything you said. (laughs) This goes out to you, listener. This goes out to you, South Armagh Brigade Twenty (laughs) Four. Well, good night, all, and uh, we look forward to hearing you. Safe home. Next time. (laughs) Yes.